from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Happy to be here with you on the broadcast every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. It is truly my honor and my privilege and my appreciation to God to be here with you this morning and to be here with you every single morning, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And so I thank you for tuning in and listening into the show and being a part of the broadcast. You know the Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora is so much more, even more so than the broadcast, is that you can go to youtube.com backslash DT for Wake Up Call TV, and you can watch the watch shows there, and you can listen to past shows there as well. You can also... Go to wakeupcalldt.com and click on the Right Now page and read over 400 articles. And there's so many other things for you to do in the archive for you to be involved with on the RSS feed to the iTunes podcast to wakeupcalldt.podbean.com where you could pull up all the info, all the shows, uh, 780 shows that have been loaded into there. So there's plenty of places for you to go, plenty for you to listen to. And I thank you all for your outstanding and undying support and appreciation for what we do here at Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. So a big thanks to you and a big appreciation to you as I applaud you for being a wonderful addition to my life. So thank you for that and I give you some I give you some love for that, some appreciation for that. So good morning. We're here in the morning menu, proudly presented by the Market Diner on 2100 Park Street in Syracuse, New York, in the regional market across from Destiny, USA. And it is an honor and a privilege once once again to be here this morning. It's an honor and a privilege to work with the Market Diner. The Market Diner is a wonderful place to go. It is my diner that I choose to go to. And I mean, and this is, there's... There's certain things you ask for when you go to a diner, and, and I've been going to diners you know, my whole life. Since I was a little kid, my parents have taken me to a diner, and, and I love it because it's nostalgic, and you feel like as much as it's grown, there's still the same feeling of, you know, it, it grows, but yet it stays the same, you know, in the sense of it's timeless. And the timelessness of it and just the beauty of it and the nostalgia of it. But the thing that I love about the Market Diner is you don't come out of there smelling like a greasy spoon. And that's something that my mom and my dad would always bring up. Is you know, like you come out of a you come out of a place like a diner or whatnot and, and you, you end up smelling like whatever they cooked in there. Well, not only do I not feel that way about when I'm leaving there, but the service is good, the people are good, the experience is good, they care. And they go the extra mile. And so to Tony and Elaine in BC, not only to, you know, help you have that that great experience of, of obviously the food on the menu, but to treat you right, to appreciate you. And, you know, no matter how busy they get, they make the effort to be good with everybody and to make sure that everybody had a good time and enjoyed their meal. And when there's owners that are, you know, out there at the cash register making sure that you got the right change and they're seating you and they're going through and making sure that, you know, I mean, some owners just walk by, they ask you how your meal was, 
And before you even answer, they're at the other table already. Well, Tony and Elaine and BC, they're the opposite. They're the people that are caring and, and concerned about everybody in there, want everyone to have a good time, to enjoy themselves, to make the most of their visit, and of course to come back and see them again. So thank you to the NBC family and to all that they do. I truly appreciate it. Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora and, uh, and the Market Diner have a, a beautiful, beautiful uh, relationship, and the morning menu is, is a piece of that. Another part of that, obviously, is going out and getting the Dan Tortora special. Belgian waffle cut in half, filled with a bacon, egg, and cheese omelet. It is absolutely amazing, and it is available for you any day of the week, Monday through Sunday, Monday through Saturday for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and on Sunday up until 2.30 because they close a little bit earlier on Sunday. So make sure you pop in there and try the Dan Tortora special, and I thank you for giving them your business and an opportunity. In today's morning menu, so much to discuss, lots to talk about on today's show. I'm going to get started off with, you know, just a couple thoughts and, uh, you know, some some things that are going on kind of pulling me into tomorrow's show with the annoying moment of the week, but we'll talk about something here early on for a couple minutes, and then uh, from about 9.15 throughout the first hour, you're going to hear from the American Athletic Conference coaches. I had the opportunity to speak with uh, 10 different coaches from the American Athletic Conference this week, and I always enjoy my time with each and every single one of them, so you will hear from in this show You'll hear from Scott Frost as well as Charlie Strong, uh, Randy Etzel. You'll hear from Mike Norvell, Major Applewhites, Willie Fritz, Philip Montgomery, Jeff Collins, and Scotty Montgomery as well as Luke Fickle, all from the American Athletic Conference. Then we'll get into Papa Joe's picks around 10 a.m. Eastern time with Papa Joe, and we'll do some college football picking for you. Speak on the college football playoff, and if we agree with the top four, and if we don't, who else do we think should have a shot? Or even if we do, who still has a shot? Then I'll get into my fantasy football advice for the Titans at the Steelers. And we'll round out Thursday's show like we always do with Looking Glass events through the Looking Glass signature segment where we zero in on a trending topic. So just make sure that you're tuned into that and that you are part of that. We also have uh, another special guest that's going to be coming on the show this morning. So right before you hear from the American Athletic Conference coaches, you're going to hear from Scott J. Blair. Scott J. Blair, the head coach of ESF Basketball. So I'm very excited that Scott's going to be joining us too from here in central New York of ESF. So, you know, this is uh, obviously an, an awesome, awesome opportunity I have not had Scott on before. He is the ESF Mighty Oaks men's basketball head coach, and he is going to be joining me in just a few minutes here around 9.15 a.m. Eastern time. He is going, he's entering his sixth season as the head coach of the Mighty Oaks, and he looks to build on a campaign where they had their most successful season, and he was given conference coach of the year. So, I mean, this is a young, young team in the sense of not, freshman or whatever this is a young team in the sense of existence ESF for you know the College of Environmental Science and Forestry that's right you know when you go to the Carrier Dome and you look to the right I mean you see uh, you know SUNY ESF ESF has not had a basketball program for a very long time you know this is this is history in the making so Scott J Blair doing what he can entering his sixth season so a, a very young program and an amazing opportunity. And you know you know how I am. Everybody is welcome here. 
onto the broadcast. And so it is with great pleasure and gratitude that I'll be welcoming Scott J. Blair to the show for the first time at 9.15 a.m. Eastern Time. So Scott will join me. Then we'll get into the American Athletic Conference or the American Athletic Conference coaches, and you'll hear from 10 different coaches around the country, including UCF with Scott Frost and Charlie Strong at USF and Mike Norvell at Memphis, and all of these guys have an opportunity to make it to the American Athletic Football Championship game in its third year of existence. And then uh, we'll get into Papa Joe's picks, continue college football, but we'll branch out even farther across the nation. And then we will get into fantasy football for Thursday Night Football. And, of course, a deeper look at a trending topic through the looking glass. Proudly brought to you by the best event company that you can call in Central and Upstate New York. That is Looking Glass Events. And you can call them at 315-702-4653. So, a lot to talk about on the show. And we're going to get rolling here in just a moment. We are going to bring... Scott J. Blair on to the broadcast. We're going to take a very quick step aside, and then we will roll back with Scott J. Blair of the ESF Mighty Oaks, a very young basketball program with a lot of high hopes and sky's the limit. Very excited to speak with him about this team and and just it coming into existence and so much more in just a moment here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora after this fast break. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrysigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrysigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, Command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrysigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, lady.com. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513, or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. 
but you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name, so give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. The Market Diner prides itself on bringing the local community fresh ingredients that are better than going elsewhere. Open for breakfast, served all day, lunch and dinner with daily specials. The Market Diner is located at the Regional Market on Park Street, right across from Destiny USA. For takeout, call 315-474-5247. The Market Diner. Local. Fresh. Better. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Happy to have you here on the broadcast inside of the morning menu, proudly presented by the Market Diner on 2100 Park Street in Syracuse, New York, in the regional market across from Destiny, USA. This is a jam-packed show, and I'm very excited to have a first on today's show, and that is Scott J. Blair. Scott Blair is the head coach of the ESF Mighty Oaks men's basketball team. They're in their sixth year of, of existence, and he was a big part, an integral part of bringing them into ESF, and it's this story, I'm going to let him tell it in just a second here, but I'm really excited about this because it's one thing to you know have a coach come on and speak about a team that we know and, and, and that has been around for 40, 50, 100 years, and it's another thing to start a program so young and really get to see a coach build something from the ground up and expand it and, and move it to a place where it can be something truly special in the community. So the ESF Mighty Oaks, the College of Environmental Science and Forestry, their head coach of men's basketball is here with me today and I'm very excited to help him share the story today and I look forward to him continuing to share this story on something unique in the world of sports which is creating something that is that is new and being added to the world of central and upstate New York and beyond so with that I welcome Scott onto the show Scott how you doing today Dan I'm great thank you so much for having us on this morning it's a pleasure to be with you Absolutely. And, and, and Scott, you know, I want to go back to the beginning. We, we talked about it a little bit off the air, but just what you can say about being such a big piece in, in bringing the ESF Mighty Oaks basketball program into existence and just how, just what you had to do to navigate to make that happen. Oh gosh, it's, it's been an interesting journey and it's, it's really wild to, to really connect back. And, and again, it's only been a couple of years, but yeah, it really started with when I arrived to, to ESF in my professional role back in 2008 and having some conversations with our then uh, vice president for enrollment who oversaw our athletics program. And I had spent a couple of years at Onondaga Community College with Dave Paziak. Um, I'm a transplant from Pennsylvania, um, having spent some time coaching at my alma mater, Kutztown University. And when I arrived at ESF in 08, I just started asking some questions, and athletics at ESF is a pretty new thing. It's been around for about 10 years, give or take, um, with soccer and with, with golf and then cross country. So I started asking, well, what about basketball? And they said, well, do you think there's athletes on campus who would help you start a program? I said, well, that's, 
that's the only thing I needed. Just give me the permission to do that and we'll see what happens. So I remember our very first interest meeting um, and we had roughly 40 young men um, here that were already on campus who showed interest. And then once once you start doing the workouts, you know, that 40 became 21 and then eventually we had 18 um, after our first week of, of practices. Uh, and we spent two years as a club team just to pretty much hit the ground running and see if we can sustain this thing. And it was really getting into that second year as a club where the administration said, you know what, you've got something here, so how about we roll with it? So it's been six years now um, as a varsity full-fledged college program, and it's been exciting. It hasn't been without its its growing pains because, like you said, um, you know, this is this is brand-new territory, and, and it provides an interesting space with recruits of, you know, you re- literally are building um, history here with this program. Everything here is pretty much new. And so, you're sure, it hasn't been without some growing pains, like I said, with, with us being new. We've had some great programs around us who's helped us um, because being new, you need to find folks who are willing to give you a, a shot, whether it's an exhibition game or a, or a full contest. Um, so it's the folks like an OCC, like a SUNY Broom, like a SUNY Canton, like a Paul Smith College who helped us out in those first years, giving us a couple games just to kind of get our beaks wet. Um, it, it's been a it's been a great ride, and we continue to build. And when you look at this, you know, like you said, athletics is not just the basketball program, but athletics in, in general is young for SUNY ESF. Just what the importance was for you to have something like that, to to have that opportunity at SUNY ESF. You know, it, it obviously is a, is an institution with, you know, environmental science and forestry. There's there's so much good to come out of that. Uh, my, my cousin, I call him my little brother, Miguel, actually uh, looked at the school for this because of his care and concern for nature and and the community and, and making sure that we take care of the earth and do right by the earth and that there's there's so many under layers and, and underlying things about you know what we can do to be a better people so there was a message that that drew him in with ESF but to have athletics why was it so important for you to to expand out into doing something like that and to having the opportunities that athletics will give you well, that, that's a great question, Dan, and, and I think what one of the main draws is for all of us in athletics is it's, as a competitor and even as a coach, it's a different way, obviously, to to build upon key life skills, right? Resiliency, um, the importance of being able to come together and work as a team, um, and when you have students at a place such as ESF that is so focused academically, we are also talking about balance, and that's not just a conversation to have with students students, it's a conversation we need to have with each other as professionals, right? The importance of balance and having athletics, having student clubs, all those different things helps uh, in building that that approach, that well-rounded student. So to be able to connect with, with these student athletes and to give them an outlet and, and really to give them a different classroom space to be able to put some of those uh, working, those skills together and to put them in practice is really outstanding. And and it's a great ride, and especially with the focus that we have here with our academics. You know, I've got engineers, uh, we've got biologists, we've got chemists, you know, really doing some outstanding stuff in the classroom. And to give them a space to excel on the court, uh, these students, you know, they, they, they've got great gifts. And when you give them that opportunity, uh, like you said, the sky's the limit. 
Um, and, it, and it isn't without its challenges because, again, um, when you're going out and you're doing the recruiting, not everyone is interested in some of the academic areas that we have here. But that's not to say that those student-athletes are not out there. And because of the focus of the institution, that actually assists us with recruiting. They understand the academic reputation of ESF, but also understand the focus um, and that ability to give back, um, to work on improving the spaces around us in your pedagogical um, in your pedagogical work. So to be able to come on in here to do that, to excel in that way, but then obviously be able to contribute to something really exciting when it comes to the men's basketball team. Um, again, it's, it's been a great opportunity and a great honor to be able to, to be a part of that as the head coach. Speaking here with Scott J. Blair, the head coach of the ESF Mighty Oaks men's basketball team, to, to be with them from the beginning, you know, there's you look at coaching history and, and you'll hear somebody gets hired and they're the 15th coach in the program's history, they're the 7th coach, they're the 30th coach, you're you're going to be on that line in the history for for all time as the first coach. Not a lot of people get to say that. So what does that mean to you? Oh, it's it's a great responsibility and it's a great honor and and that's it it doesn't take away from our our focus, which is doing things the right way. Um and again, we're we're trying to build uh, a foundation even 6 years in, a found a foundation so that Again, I can't be here forever. No one is going to be in their position forever. Um, so to make sure that we have something that's sustainable, um, so whoever that next person who comes on in and becomes number two, as you opened up with, um, is able to take this to even greater heights. Um, but again, it's a great opportunity, and I, and I love connecting with our alumni, uh, our young alumni, who, who were a part of this when, when we just started this you know, seven, eight years ago, and to have those conversations with them and it helps kind of frame things because uh, when you're really down into the, the macro and the micro, sometimes you forget some of those, those steps that you've made, and you've made those, those progresses, um, whether it's little things such as, hey, we don't have to take vans to games anymore. The athletics department has grown uh, in that way. Um, and that's a huge thing when you're traveling to some of the places that we travel, um, whether it's the equipment that we have, the facilities that we have, the ability that we have now to have roughly half of our games um, as home games. When we first started this out, you know, we had two or three home games simply because we didn't have um, a facility to be able to access to, to build that. So, um, and part of that's been with huge collaborations. Uh, Christian Brothers Academy and Buddy Waklinski was a huge help for us at the beginning, and we've been able to branch out and connect with folks like OCC and and ITC down in Syracuse to help us with with a game day facility for for the time being. But again, in just six years, there's been a long list of improvements, and uh, it's been an honor again to to be with from the start. And and the ultimate hope is to continue to build a solid foundation for this to be sustainable moving forward. Speaking here with with Scott J. Blair, the head coach and, and the first ever coach of the ESF Mighty Oaks men's basketball program, Scott, what can you say about this year's team? Like you said, growing, only had a couple home games, getting fans to games, uh, making sure you get more home games, You know, doing, doing these things that a lot of people don't think about when it comes to a program. To look at the court itself and the team itself this year, what can you say about the level of talent that you're bringing in? Oh, that's a, thank you for asking that. We, we've got a hungry team uh, this year. Uh, last year... Um, and often as coaches, we don't like to, to look back, if you will. We want to stay focused moving forward the next game. 
But, you know, looking back to last year, it was our most successful campaign in our, in our young history. We had our first winning season. Um, we, we returned to our conference playoffs for the second consecutive year. Um, we had, and, and we graduated three outstanding students uh, who are huge contributors to the team. We lost our all-time leading scorer in Ryan Caldwell, who's a local kid from Liverpool Central High School. He was our first 1,000-point scorer, all-time leading rebounder. We lost our all-time uh, assist uh, leader in Dan Treadwell, who's from Green High School down near Binghamton, um, and then Jared Bard, who's our all-time three-point uh, shooter uh, from Jordan Elbridge. So we lost three huge contributors to the team. Um, but this year's team, we have eight returners, and we've got guys who want to write their own chapter, right? Um, we had a great run this year, and they're super focused. We're just going to play a little bit differently um, because of those three um, gentlemen that we had on the team, um, that could cast a little bit of a shadow uh, on guys, but this year they're very interested in writing their own chapter. So we've got a really good group of guys. They've been focused since day one uh, when we really started hitting the ground running our second week of classes here in September with some of our off-season workouts in and out of the, the uh, in and off the court. And so far we're one on one. We lost a, a tough one to Finger Lakes Community College. He always has a great program, and we went down to SUNY Broome. Um, and, and won, won a good one last week. And we're getting ready to go down to Penn State Scranton tomorrow for always good tip-off tournament. But this team's exciting. We, we play a little bit differently. They're grit, gritty on the defensive end. Um, we do some really good things on the offensive end with our size. We've always been blessed with some good size and, and some good guard play. So I think we're going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. And, and when you look at, you know, the – the opportunity and, and that you have, to, what can you say about that? I mean, do you feel, do you feel young in the game with this as much as, you know, it, it took so much to put it together and you're doing all these other things off the court to make sure that it flies and it continues to move, that it has legs to it, that it has wings to it. Does it energize you? I mean, do you feel like this is something that you could see yourself doing for a long time? Absolutely. Absolutely. I was, I was drawn to coaching for all the reasons that I shared with you earlier, right? It's an opportunity to build great skills uh, for these young men uh, and obviously the love of the game of basketball. And I've been blessed to work with some outstanding coaches, um, whether it's a, a Bernie Driscoll down at Kutztown or, or a Dave Paziak up here at, um, at OCC. But it's one thing to be a part of those staffs, but then when you're in, you're in the front of the room and it's your show, um, you need to be able to find your voice. And that's one of the more exciting things is not only it's the engagement with the young men, because that's the ultimate honor, but then really um, thinking about finding your own voice. And, and when you've had the opportunity to engage with such awesome um, mentors such as Bernie and Dave, um, to be okay, so now how am I going to do this? Um, how am I going to run practices? How am I going to, uh, what's the field going to be like on game day? Um, that's a great challenge, but what really pushes me forward and keeps me energized every day is, again, the interactions with these young men on a daily basis. And, and everything is about, you know, obviously the goal is about winning and all that success um, that comes with it, but it's not just on-the-court victories. It's the off-the-court victories. How, how are you doing in the classroom, um, making sure that you're successful when you leave um, the college after four years or so, getting that degree, which we've been um, – extremely successful in doing with our young men and just making sure that they're well-rounded and prepared for that next step in life um, with their families, with their respective careers. That's what really keeps us focused every day uh, on, on building and, and coming into work every day. So yes, this is a, it's a dream come true 
to be able to drive up to campus and, and to go to work uh, where we do and, and, to, and to toss the ball up every day. And we look forward to it every single day and for seasons on end. That coming from Scott J. Blair, head coach of ESF's Mighty Oaks men's basketball team in their sixth season of existence and his sixth season as the head coach. Scott, it's a pleasure having you on the show today. I look forward to having you back on very soon and as the team progresses throughout the season. Win, lose, or draw, you'll know what a lot of coaches know is, is obviously I want to see you do well and I want to see you win, but no matter what happens, you'll always be welcome on the show. Dan, I really appreciate it. And again, to be able to come on in and share a little bit about our story, but really the story that, that is ESF and our athletics program because it's so young and the success that we've been able to have, not just as a basketball program, but as a department as a whole with our soccer programs and our cross-country programs really leading the way. It's an honor to spend a few moments with you to, to share that story, and I look forward to connecting with you again real soon. All right, sounds good. Take care, and I'll talk with you soon. Be well. Thanks, Dan. Thanks. That coming from Scott J. Blair once again, live on the line here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. You know, as much as I've done this for 14 years, that was a story that I've never gotten to tell before. It's a story that I've never gotten to, you know, have somebody come on the air and speak about. Hey, I'm the first coach ever in the existence of this program, and we're building it from the ground up. There really wasn't athletics here until about a decade ago. And I'm the first coach ever for men's basketball. We're in our sixth season. I'm the sixth. And, and we're in our sixth season, and it's my sixth season. I, I'm the first coach on this team. And, uh, you know, it's such a it's such an amazing thing. And we, you know, there's a couple home games, and we're trying to build this program, trying to get fans to the events, trying to make sure we get more home games, having teams help us out, having the, you know, local universities and, and local high schools try and push us forward and, you know, give us the help that we need. You know, there's so much that goes into this. You know, people show up to a game, and if you lose, they're booing you. But they, you know, you got to understand how, how hard it is to do this job, how hard it is to get to where these people are. And that, you know, the, the road, you know, it's the road less traveled because, in all honesty, you know, people don't want to put the work in. So, you know, it's, it's one thing to criticize somebody who's working hard, but normally the people criticizing the people that are working hard are the people that aren't working hard because they have time to criticize you. And I don't, have, I don't have time to do any. I don't have time to think about it. So, you know, when it comes down to that, there's the doers, Scott J. Blair, and there's, you know, there could be the naysayers or whatever you want to call them. And for Scott to do what he's done, you know, I love it. I appreciate it. It makes me want to go out and see a SUNY ESF game just because of, you know, what's been done to make sure that this team finds success. And, and it's just a cool story. It's a really fun story, and it makes it makes it so interesting, and it's something new. God bless me in the world of sports. My nose has been wanting to sneeze this entire show, so congratulations, you won. Nose one, Dan zero. But, uh, <laughs> but thank you so much for tuning in to, uh, to our conversation. And thank you to Scott Blair again for coming on to the show. It really is, uh, really was wonderful. We're going to come back here with the American Athletic Conference football coaches right after this fast break. You're going to hear from 10 coaches inside the AAC in my Q&A with them from the teleconference this week. This is a wake-up call fast break. Gear up with the real deal at Dreising Apparel. 
creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at drysigapparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. Utica Pizza Company spells family. Your family. My family. Their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens... They're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. The Penn & Trophy Center on 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, has been making memories for Central New York for over 60 years. It has the trophies for your teams, and when you walk in there, it's so much more than just that. When you walk into the Penn & Trophy Center, you are immersed in the reality that anything can be customized, anything can be engraved, whether it's for your anniversary, your wedding, your bar mitzvah, your birthday party, whatever you want to do with that memory, that watch from grandpa, or that bracelet from mom, or that wedding ring that's been passed down through your family. If you want to get something engraved with a memory to last a lifetime, the Penn and Trophy Center, 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, where memories are made and where memories last a lifetime. The name Leeson Staggerwald is synonymous with Central New York with over 80 years of service to the community. Leeson Staggerwald Downtown is your butcher, grocery, pub, and deli located on 117 East Fayette Street in Syracuse, New York. Minutes from the Carrier Dome and your perfect pre-gaming headquarters with Rob Drummond and myself, Dan Tortora, two hours before home games. Leeson Staggerwald Downtown, where you can dine in, take out, pre-game up on the hill with their meats or pre-game inside their walls. Lee's and Staggerwald downtown, a unique experience for every single fan and every member of the community with over eight decades of service. They're open Monday from 10.30 a.m. to 3 p.m., Tuesday through Thursday from 10.30 a.m. to 8 p.m., Friday 10.30 a.m. to 9 p.m., Saturday noon to 9 p.m., and closed on Sunday on 117 East Fayette Street in Syracuse, New York. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Happy to have you here every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time right here where sports meets life on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora broadcasting live 
on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. And we are also the live feed. You can also get it by going to wakeupcalldt.com. It's on the homepage, the MixLR bar to listen into. And right beneath that, you can download the RSS feed, the iTunes podcast, as well as the downloadable app powered by Podbean. So make sure that you do that. Jump on it so you can connect with the show all the time and you'll never miss any of the episodes with 780 on the downloadable app and uh, even more than that so when you put all the new ones in that we've done here live. So a lot to listen to and we appreciate everybody that does and that connects themselves with the show. So thank you for that and a big God bless you for that as well. Truly appreciate your connection with the broadcast. So thank you for tuning in live and thank you for going and listening back into the show. As I promised you here in the first hour, you're going to hear from a bunch of coaches inside of the American Athletic Conference. Up first is Luke Fickle in his first season from Ohio State to the Cincinnati Bearcats football program. The Cincinnati Bearcats right now, as far as their first season under Luke Fickle, they are 1-5 in the American Athletic Conference, 3-7 and seven overall. Their upcoming game will pit them against East Carolina at East Carolina on this Saturday's November 18th noon broadcast on CBS Sports Network. First and foremost from Luke Fickle is our conversation on what he has taken away from his quarterback, Hayden Moore. Hayden obviously had some time under Tommy Tuberville, and he he has been within the program for a while, but obviously he's uh, switched coaches, and with switching a coach, things switch with that. So just what Luke Fickle can say about his quarterback, Hayden Moore. Well, he continues to grow. I think early in the season, um, you know, he really third – maybe the third offense in three years or even the fourth in four years for him just being around. Uh, so you knew there was going to be some growth potential and, and some things he's going to have to do. And his ability to manage the football game has, you know, has improved each and every week. Um, obviously, we didn't start off real well this past week, but nonetheless, I think, uh, you know, as things get going, sometimes uh, by the end of the game, he, he understands he's back in the groove of things. And unfortunately, we just, uh, you know, we got to find a way to start a little bit earlier and be able to do that uh, sometimes even more so in the first half but definitely the growth that you can see from him as far as understanding and managing the offense uh, has come a long way since the first game even though I mean obviously you, you still have a couple more games this season but looking to build for the future who are some of those guys that you're seeing on your roster that you have felt have established some leadership on the field for you and kind of been a, a coach by extension for you as you as you look forward to you know what's to come for the team who are some of those guys that you feel like you can maybe lean on and, and build off of for next year i think we got a pretty good group of juniors that uh you know that they give us an opportunity to to develop some leadership for next year and no matter what ever leaderships you know some people define it in many different ways and uh you know i'm not sure that before maybe they didn't know exactly what they were supposed to be as leaders and, and how they were supposed to do things but it's going to be a big part of us developing, um, you know, us for the future. So, I mean, there's a slew of, of junior guys, but, you know, there's a, there's a guy that, that's out right now in Brian Wright who was probably one of our better guys up front that, uh, you know, had a season-ending shoulder injury that is someone that's got some qualities that we really got to have to lean upon, um, you know. But a lot of it's going to have to be developed, and I think that's where, you know, at some point in time when we get to the off season, uh, will be a big focus on, you know, development of leadership because I believe that leaders are developed. They aren't just natural born. They have some 
some qualities that are naturally born, um, but we're going to really have to develop some. That coming once again from Luke Fickle, the first coach that I have for you this week in week 12 of college football inside of the American Athletic Conference. These Q&As are one-on-one between myself and the head coach, courtesy of the AAC Teleconference, where we get to go and ask questions and being Who I am, I want to talk to these coaches around the country and get to know them and what they're about, what they stand for, and what makes them tick. Good, bad, or indifferent, just like I told Scott J. Blair, whether you win, lose, or draw, I want to see all these teams win. But if they win or lose, they always have a place here on the broadcast, irregardless of their record. On the other side of the matchup of the Cincinnati-East Carolina game is, of course, East Carolina Pirates head coach Scotty Montgomery. And Scotty Montgomery's team is 2-8. Currently, they are two and eight, and in the conference, they are one and five, same as Cincinnati. They have an opportunity to do some good things coming out of this season to try and you know have some positive notes. It's been a it's been a tough year at two and eight, but a win over Cincinnati would move them out of the basement of the American Athletic East, and then they have obviously a big game against Memphis at Memphis, who is ranked in the top twenty-five in the all the polls, including the college football playoff. So Cincinnati on November 18th at noon Eastern time on CBS Sports Network and then on ESPNU next Saturday, the 25th at noon against Memphis at Memphis. So final home game for the East Carolina Pirates of this season. And Scotty Montgomery and I get started with keeping the team positive. It's been a tumultuous season. Two and eight is a tough record. What has he done to keep the team thinking positively as they move forward? Yeah, we know we were going to have some challenges, and, and we knew that we were going to have to battle through some of them. You know, but the kind of character that the kids we have on the team, uh, that we have some great character guys, and, and that's something that I feel really proud about. The only thing that, that keeps guys competing and teams competing is really the character of the football team. We've really grown the character of this football team. Uh, and like I said before, you know, we, we're starting to do things right uh, all the time, on the field, off the field. Uh, but we got to do things well all the time on the field, and, and that's where we're still struggling. But guys wake up every day, come to work. You know, we don't have issues uh, with, with kids coming to work. We're proud of them. We're going to continue to work and try to go out and get this victory this weekend. Who are some of the guys on the team that you feel like, you know, despite the adversity this season and and not getting, you know, those victories, no matter how close the games were in this game, like in overtime, who are some of the guys that you can say coming toward the end of this regular season you've really been able to lean on for leadership and as a coach, kind of your leaders on the field, so to speak. You know, Davon Grayson has just been, you know, he's been fantastic on the offensive side of the ball. Jordan Williams has been great on the defensive side of the ball. And, and you know, on special teams, we've had a host of guys that come up and, and, and play their, their heart out. We've, we've also had a lot of contribution for some non-scholarship athletes uh, that I've been really, really impressed with that we're going to continue to grow our our talent pool, there's no doubt about it. But those two guys, Davon Grayson and Jordan Williams, on opposite sides of the ball, have guys come to work every day. They're, they're two guys that practice every day, work really hard to try to get their job done, but also hold people accountable in every situation. That coming once again from Scotty Montgomery. The team is 2-8 and eight overall, 1-5 and five in the conference, but they have an opportunity, like I said, to get out of the basement of the American Athletic Conference East Division and then have a game against Memphis where they could play spoiler in that game. Memphis has been an extremely good team. They've 
only lost one game this season. That was to Central Florida, who's undefeated. And Memphis has beaten teams like, obviously, uh, UCLA of the Pac-12. So some some big, big-time teams, especially notably Memphis, South Florida, and Central Florida this season doing a lot of good things. So it'll be interesting as we push forward here. One team that is in control of their own destiny and has an opportunity to make a bowl game in their first season under head coach Jeff Collins are the Temple Owls. And so we'll start the conversation with Jeff exactly there. He's 5-5. Five and five. The team has an opportunity still to make a bowl game. They're 3-3 three and three in the conference, 5-5 five and five overall. They got to win one game to become bowl eligible. They're against UCF at home this weekend at noon Eastern time on ESPNU. If UCF wins, they'll most likely and should move up the college football playoff ranking poll they are 6-0 in the conference, 9-0 in the country. This would make them 10-0. They're only playing 11 games this season due to the hurricane, unfortunately. But they have done very well with the time that they have been allotted. So UCF, big game. Could play spoiler for Temple, but UCF is on a roll. So, I mean, this is, this is going to be a huge game. The good thing for Temple is they're playing in Philadelphia at home. Uh, the bad thing is that it's UCF, and UCF's done a good job everywhere. So this is going to be a huge game. This is a game that I want to watch for sure at noon on ESPNU this weekend on Saturday, November 18th. And then they play at Tulsa. And so if they don't beat UCF, they still got another crack. They have two opportunities to become bowl eligible, which is huge for Temple under Jeff Collins in his first year. So we start our conversation there, still having an opportunity to control your own destiny. Right, absolutely. You know, we've we've gone through. Uh, me and Rich Burke went to the uh, the season uh, starting lineups, and there's been I think 38 or 39 uh, different kids that started games for us. Um, I just think that's a testament to our kids. Um, you know, we talked about the above the line depth chart that we've had since day one around here. Um, that we try to make sure that all the guys that are above the line consider themselves starters, <laughs> and you know, having 38 or 39 kids start games. Um, you know, that mindset has really paid off for us because um, it really hasn't been a drop-off regardless of the rash of injuries or whatever else has happened to us. You know, guys have stepped up and played really well. Um, you know, Chappelle Russell, uh, you know, against Navy, we lost him for the season. Um, and then the guy that came in and, and started was Isaiah Graham Mobley, the 11th player of the game. He goes down. And uh, Todd Jones, who's been, a, you know, a, a third-team Mike linebacker for us, uh, played some at nickel uh, to finish the game out at Navy, finished the game for us at will and played at a really high level. Uh, so just that mindset of, you know, whoever whoever's in the game, we're going to play at a high level. They're going to know the game plan. They're going to play for their brothers. Um, I just think that mindset has really paid off for us. Um, and it's a testament to our players um, and how well they rally around each other, how much they love each other, and that they want to perform at a high level um, for each other. So I, I think it's a testament to our kids. Not just uh, for this season, but for the future, having that 30-plus different players that have started for you to essentially, like, when you go through injury and, and obviously, you know, when, when some move forward after their eligibility is over, is what you can say about building depth on this team in your first year as head coach because of the fact that yeah, you've had so many different faces there? Yeah, so that's been a, that's been a big thing for us. You know, we, we have a great deal of respect for our senior leaders. Uh, it's a small senior class, but it's a great senior class. Uh, if they have another win, they'll go down as one of the all-time winningest uh, senior classes in school history. And uh, so we're really excited about them, and we challenge the guys. Uh, you know, since the Army, we 
uh, the younger guys that, you know, we have a large junior class, a large sophomore class uh, that are playing a lot of really good football uh, to step up and support these guys as leaders, and they've done a really good job with that. And uh, we've got a huge challenge ahead of us on Saturday, um, so we're going to need everybody to be able to play at their best and be prepared. And uh, so, you know, obviously the future, you know, I've got, you know, once the, once the season's over, we'll have time to worry about that. But right now we're staying in the present, staying one week at a time, and really trying to do everything we can uh, to help our seniors have as much success as possible uh, in their last few games. That coming from Jeff Collins, Jeff Collins of the Temple Owls. Like I said, 5-5. Five and five. They have an opportunity to make a bowl game with two cracks at it. They have UCF and Tulsa as their last two games of the season as in an opportunity to try and move forward. We will take a quick step aside here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora for a fast break. We'll spin back with the rest of the coaches inside of the American Athletic Conference that I, that I had an opportunity to speak with this week. And right after that, we will get in to the picks that we have inside of Papa Joe's Picks College Football every single week around 10 a.m. Eastern time. So you'll hear from that in just a moment after this fast break. This is a wake-up call fast break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. This is Kira from Looking Glass Events, where we're always giving you a reason to celebrate. Whether you have a small business, large business, personal event, or a wedding, we are available to plan and coordinate your dream event to life. Every detail, every step, Looking Glass Events is working with you all the way. Call us at 315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events giving you a reason to celebrate. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Happy to have you here on the broadcast every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Truly appreciate it. And for all the impromptu special shows that we do on location, like we did last night, We go once a month to the Wildcat Sports Pub, and it is extremely exciting for me to go there once a month, and we have a great time when we get out to the Wildcat Sports Pub. We do uh, one show a month 
on-site, on-location, and the last few that we have done, uh, we did the we had West Genesee Wildcats football team out there a couple times, and we had the West Genesee Boys Varsity basketball team out there for the first time ever, and so we had head coach Fred Kent with me, as well as Drew Kiefer, Liam Berry, Will Amica, and Luke Sutherland. I want to thank each and every one of those gentlemen for coming out. I want to thank the uh, I want to thank Coach. Kent for coming out. I also want to thank Danny and Heather Tome for being business owners that care about their business and they're not absentee owners. They show up to every single event. They come and say hello, talk to me, introduce themselves to the coaches and the players. And it is uh, truly something that I appreciate. And I, uh, I, I, I really do. I respect it and I appreciate it very much. So a shout out to Heather and Danny for doing a great job for Nikki at the bar for killing it as always for the food being awesome and, uh, and for the people that I got to meet at the show, and for all of you that took uh, one of my business cards to listen into the show, thank you. I look forward to having all of you new listeners and, and viewers and readers, and I hope to have you back out in a, at an event at the Wildcat soon. And I want to give a special thanks to you know uh, some of the people that I got to talk to at the bar last night and for their support of what I do at the Wildcat, as well as their support of uh, being out at Muddy Waters and doing game show night like tonight every Thursday at 7 p.m. So awesome time. We always have a good time. Thank you for grabbing a beer, getting a soda, ordering some food, sitting and watching the show. And thank you to West Genesee, who has been an absolutely uh, a pleasure to host. So thank you so much to you and uh, a big shout out to the athletic uh, to the to the athletic program, all the programs, not just the ones we've had, and a big shout out to West Genesee High School and to the Wildcats and the coaches and the players and and the families and and I love meeting mom and dad and grandma and grandpa and and little sister and big sister and uh, a shout out to uh, Coach Kent's family who came out last night too. It was great to meet them. So God bless and a thank you to all. You guys make it worth it every single time. So thank you so much for that and I truly uh, I appreciate it. So thank you. And coming up here, speaking of coaches, we have more coaches that I want you to hear from in my Q&As with them from the AAC teleconference this week. I had the opportunity to speak with a bunch of the coaches, as always, going out there and doing what I can to bring you information from around the country when it comes to college football. And uh, obviously, I cover college football from coast to coast and a predominance with the AAC and the American Athletic Conference. So I appreciate them both for, for having me on the teleconference and giving me an opportunity to speak with their coaches. Up next in the conversations, inside of the morning menu, proudly presented by the Market Diner on 2100 Park Street in Syracuse, New York, in the regional market, across from Destiny, USA, is Philip Montgomery, the head coach of the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. And Philip Montgomery, when we look as, as far as record right now, Tulsa is two and eight overall, one and five in the conference, just like East Carolina. But they're on the West Division side of the American Athletic Conference. They will face South Florida in Tampa at South Florida today, November sixteenth at uh, at seven thirty p.m. Eastern time. I think I said today was Wednesday. I think I said that when I started the show, and that's that just goes to show you my jet lag from doing a live event on Thursday. Friday, going to a game after that. Saturday, then going to a game after that. Flying Sunday morning to go to cover the Jaguars game. Then not even being in Florida for 48 hours. Flying back, having a couple hours to do more work. 
and then doing a pregame show and then going to a basketball game. And then last night hosting the West Genesee Wildcats boys varsity basketball team at the Wildcats Sports Pub in Camillus. And then tonight going to game show night. So today is Thursday, November 16th. In my brain, it was November 15th. So I apologize and I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> what is actually the 16th. They will face off tonight in a big game on ESPN, Tulsa and USF. Why do I say a big game with Tulsa being 2-8? and eight? Because they've been a very close 2-8. and eight. They have played teams close. At, you know, the SMU game was very, very close. The Connecticut game was close as well. The Navy game was relatively close. So, you know, they've had some of these games where they've hung with teams and South Florida can't overlook anybody. They have to win out and then hope that well, they have to win this game, and then they have to beat Central Florida, and then somehow, some way, they can overtake the east side of the American Athletic Conference, even though UCF is currently undefeated. So, it'll be interesting, and it's a big game, and it's tonight at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN. So, come out and play game show night at Muddy Waters, and the game will inevitably be on ESPN, and you can watch that as well while you're playing. So, a lot of fun things to do out at Muddy Waters, and the food's super awesome, so make sure you come out and get it. Philip Montgomery was talking about youth, so I asked him about his young receiving core, and this is what he had to say. Yeah, they're growing. You know, uh, we, we've seen a lot of different looks defensively, and so they've, they've had to kind of look and learn on, on the fly, and so... Uh, you're putting them in situations where they got to go win and, and got to make plays, and and uh, you know when they have opportunities to catch the football, they got to make those plays. We got to come up with those 50-50 balls. We haven't done a great job of that this year. We not consistent, consistently at least, and so uh, those guys are growing, but they're young, and and uh, we've got some really talented secondaries in, in this conference, and so. Uh, I think our future will be bright with those guys. They just got to continue to keep getting better. And then as far as in the backfield with senior D'Angelo Brewer, just what you've taken away from him this season and kind of his, you know, the time that you've spent with him in his career in college at this point. Yeah, he's grown so much since we got here day one. You know, uh, really, is a he's a football junkie guy. I mean, he comes in, he studies, he knows exactly what's happening in front of him. He does a good job of setting up blocks and using his offensive line. Um, does a great job with his vision and knowing when, I need to balance some things when I need to stay up in here and just go get what's there. And so uh, his his uh, steadiness for us has been unbelievable, and, and uh, he's been one of those seniors that we've had to lean on quite a bit, especially as this season has gone. And so he's been solid all the way through it and been such a, a, a positive impact on our football team. That coming from Philip Montgomery of the Tulsa Golden Hurricane in my conversations with the American Athletic Conference coaches for Week 12 inside of college football play. Uh, coming up next here is Willie Fritz on what he has to say about still having an opportunity to be to be bowl eligible with his team. His team is currently four and six overall, two and four inside of the American Athletic. They're home against Houston this Saturday, November 18th at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN Network, and then they're at SMU right after Thanksgiving. So. Tulane still has an opportunity. It's against two very good teams in the West Division of the American Athletic Conference. And so we start with that conversation, knowing that they're tall tasks to take care of. But Willie Fritz still has an opportunity to get this team bowling. Well, we're, we're glad there is. We've got a long way to go, obviously. And, uh, you know, the thing we're concerned about is this weekend's game against the Cougars. But, you know, it's also the first time that, that Tulane's ever won at, at ECU. So, 
uh, we're, uh, it's hard to get a win on the road, you know, no matter where you're playing. And when it's a conference game, it's, it's uh, even tougher. And, and you know, we, we've, uh, we've we've made progress this year. Sometimes the, the record, you know, you, 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 you don't maybe see it if you're not inside the program. But, uh, you know, we're, we're getting a little bit better each week, and, and uh, the kids are competing. Uh, and, uh, you know, we just we're happy that we had one of these games that was close and we were able to come out victorious because we've, we've certainly had some over the last couple of years where, you know, it didn't quite go our way at the end. So, you know, hats off to the kids just keep fighting, believing in what we're doing. And to to speak on going back to this game, like you said, it was the first time that Tulane had, had won at East Carolina. To be in a game that, that that's that close and to go into overtime, face that adversity, face that, you know, kind of you could be back on your heels, but instead – you were the team that charged forward and won the game. Just is that the hardest you've seen, you know, since you've come to Tulane? Is is this one of the hardest games that you've seen the team play in, as far as being back on their heels, but then jumping right back on it in overtime and taking care of business? Yeah, you know, we've competed and come back in a lot of games, and uh, you know, the coaches have done a good job of, of uh, you know, getting our guys to keep on the fight. We've got a lot of young men with, with great character, but yeah, certainly, you know, it, it's something to to learn from. We had one earlier in the year against Army as well when we were down and, and made a drive to, to, to win the game at the very end. But, yeah, we, we were put in a lot of tough situations this past Saturday, and, and the kids just kept responding. That coming from Willie Fritz of the Tulane Green Wave, as I said, still have an opportunity to get to a bowl game, but it's going through Houston as well as SMU. Houston is the next one up, having to go through Houston. Well, here's the other side of the matchup, and that is Houston head coach Major Applewhite. He was the offensive coordinator for the team and has since become the head coach this season in his first season as head coach with the Houston Cougars after Tom Herman had moved forward to Texas inside of the Big 12. So, This game at Tulane, once again, November 18th, this Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN Network. And I start my conversation off with Major Applewhite on his new facility and what it means for his program. You know, it's it's one, it's another step, and it's a big step, you know, uh, getting on that level playing field with, with, you know, some of the quote unquote bigger conferences and bigger schools. Um, You know, it's, we've got a great stadium that was built four years ago. Uh, outstanding complex, you know, facilities. It's great game day facility. Uh, this is just a more of a step towards instead of fan game day atmosphere like the stadium was. This is more of a step towards the actual student athlete in a specific sport, and you see it across our athletic department. Um, you know, the baseball team getting their own facility, which is uh, getting near uh, completion right now. Basketball got theirs a year ago. Uh, track got a new track last year. Uh, softball is getting a new indoor batting cage. Uh, you know, basketball is game arena. Hoffines Pavilion is being renovated and be ready for the uh, 2019 basketball season. So, um, you know, just a, a steady commitment to a to a lot of sports and you know from the uh, from the athletic department. So, uh, really excited about that. It's going to you know obviously show prospects that there's a commitment to, to winning and, and playing for championships here. So, just feel blessed that uh, on that coach he gets to kind of you know, take that team in there and, and use that facility. And then as, as far as, 
going off of that, you know, having that culture of winning. Your team had some adversity this season, but is winning record at home, winning record on the road, winning in the conference, and have pushed your way back up to second place in the American Athletic West Division. Just what you can say you've learned from this season as the head coach of this squad and just what you've seen out of your guys to push back up to where they are right now. Well, there's a tremendous amount of pride in this program and the players. <clears throat> and uh, after two disappointing losses in the first half of the season, the way they battled back and, and have worked to, to put themselves back in this position and be bowl eligible with an opportunity to, to finish with two wins, um, you know, very proud of them. You know, at the same time, these guys are, are, are well aware of who we're getting ready to play and, and how much better uh, Tulane has gotten from year one with Coach Fritz to year two and, and all the things that they present uh, offensively, defensively, special teams, uh, you know, a lot of things that we have to be prepared for, especially on a road game with a team who's fighting for bowl eligibility. Major Apple White right now with his team. Want to make a quick note of the Houston Cougars. They are 6-3. and three. So in the first season with him at the helm as head coach, the Houston Cougars will be heading to a bowl game at 6-3. and 4-2 and two in the conference behind only Memphis, who is 8-1 and one overall and 5-1 and one inside of the conference. I apologize. The audio for the uh, coaches' teleconference for Mike Norvell has not come through yet, so we may not have that for today's show, but I'll work to get that between uh, today and tomorrow to be able to share that with you because I did have an opportunity to speak with Mike Norvell of the Memphis Tigers, whose team is 8-1, and one, like I said, and 5-1 and one in the conference. If they win out, they will be going to their first ever American Athletic Conference Football Championship game in its, fir- in its third year of institution. Coming up next here is Randy Etzel of the Yukon Huskies. I start my conversation off with Randy Etzel on Scott Frost. He just played him recently. What were his thoughts on Scott Frost having gone up against him? The team is 3-7, and seven, UConn, and 2-5 and five overall, so two of their three wins have come in conference. They just lost at Central Florida 49-24. to What are his thoughts on Scott Frost is where we go from here. Um, no, I think Scott's done a tremendous job, you know, since he's been there at uh, Central Florida and uh, doing it the right way and everything. And, and again, I, I do think they deserve more respect than, than what they're getting. Um, I, you know, anytime you're undefeated, I don't care, you know, I mean, this is a very tough league and, and uh, to be undefeated at this point in time in the season is, is something that's hard to do. Just look at it. There's not many people that are that, uh are undefeated and you know we have we have really good teams in this conference and they to me they should be ranked higher and and should be getting more consideration and uh and more praise than what they are but uh that's the way the system's set up right now and then as far as as your team goes in this upcoming matchup with boston college even though it's it's not a conference matchup within the same conference just to speak on you know that old school northeast style rivalry and how you know there's obviously history with northeast schools yeah I, I think it's great i think it's something i wouldn't have a problem with playing boston college every year um uh, i think just in terms of we were in the same conference before and they were fortunate to be able to move to another conference and uh uh but i think it, it's great for northeast football and and something moving forward hope we can do that and then like i said to have the opportunity to play it in fenway park and um I think it's uh, it's good for the region and good for, for both schools. Randy Etzel right now with his team moving forward in their games. They will play against Boston College. You just heard me ask him about that game. They will face off against Boston College. 
on November 18th this Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on CBS Sports Network. A huge Northeast game that can become a rivalry. It used to be a rivalry, and it should be. And I agree with Randy Etzel. He said he would play against Boston College every single year, and I love that. You're going to hear what Steve Adazio had to say in response to that on tomorrow's broadcast in Sound Bites of the Week, so I'm very excited about that. Coming up next is Charlie Strong, and I had the opportunity to speak with Charlie Strong on, you know, having himself, his team with Central with uh, South Florida and Central Florida with Scott Frost and Mike Norvell, Memphis, everything that they're doing in the conference to be ranked in the top 25. Does he feel like there's enough respect out there for the American, or have they earned more respect than they're getting right now? And this is what he had to say. Well, we have the level of talent. I don't think that's going to be an issue. It's just that, you know, you got to look at just as a whole when you think about just across the country what everyone thinks. And and really, there's some really good uh, teams in this conference. If you look at it, uh, uh, Central Florida's ranked, Memphis is ranked, and we're ranked. So you got three teams at one time. Maybe was ranked. You had four teams ranked at one time. So you you have enough enough good teams and enough good programs. Uh, it's just a matter of where you know where the writers and everyone else who don't we don't really get the exposure because they don't really get a chance to see us enough. And and that can change you know with with us being on TV enough, but. When they get a chance to see us and they see our product, then I think that they'd be very impressed. And when you look at, I know that you obviously have a game coming up this week, but to know that if you win this game moving forward and Central Florida wins, that that final week of the season is going to make the decision on who's going to win the American Athletic East. And just what you can say about, you know, the American Athletic East division, no matter who it is, it's going to be a representative from Florida and just how big that game is, even though it's a week off? Well, it is a week off, and, you know, what you want to do is, you know, it's that we have t- Tulsa and they have Temple, and so, you know, we're going to get a chance to go play that game, so it's, it's all of, you know, it's about us right now, just taking care of our business now, and then I really haven't put much thought into, you know, the exposure or anything of that game, because if we slip up now, it wouldn't matter what that game is or what it's going to be about. Thanks, Coach. I so that coming from my conversation with Charlie Strong this week of South Florida from the American Athletic Conference Coaches Teleconference. The final coach to hear from is that other coach in Florida. He's, you know, he's just 9-0, second year as a head coach in, in Central Florida. He's 9-0. They've never been 9-0. He's leading the American Athletic East. He has the best division or the best uh, record in the entire conference, not just his division. Of the 12 teams, you know, one of the last undefeated teams still left in the country. So, you know, just not a big deal, but a very big deal. So obviously I'm joking here. It's an extremely big deal for UCF. UCF two years ago was 0-12. Last year they were 6-6 and and were led to a bowl game from Scott Frost. And now the team is 9-0. and They're definitely going to a bowl game. They keep winning. They're going to be going to a nice one. And as they move forward, they have a phenomenal matchup. The thing that's great about having a rivalry game is in years like this when that rivalry game means so much. And in years like this year, it means so much because look at what it is. Look at what's happening in this game. The rivalry game means so much because of the implications of the upcoming game. If both of these teams win, and like like Charlie Strong just said of, of South Florida, we can't focus on next week or else we'll slip up and it won't even matter. 
If both of these teams win their games this week, then we are in a place where the last game of the regular season for both teams will decide who is going to the American Athletic Conference Football Championship game representing the East. South Florida has Tulsa tonight, as I said earlier, at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN. So we'll know early on, and, and UCF will know early on if South Florida has won or not. And then Central, yeah, so they'll, UCF will know where South Florida is at after tonight. And then Central Florida has on Saturday at noon on ESPNU at Temple, as I mentioned before. So UCF wins out, they're good to go. If South Florida trips up in this game, then there's no worry for UCF, but you don't want to lose a game just because you can lose a game. So obviously Scott Frost is going to look at tonight, and he's going to watch that film, and he's going to see that end score, but it's not going to help him play any less or give any less effort, and the team shouldn't either as they move forward. Championship caliber teams look at what other people are doing and saying, okay, that might help us, but you know who can help us better than anybody? Ourselves. Coming up next here in the final coach you'll hear from inside of the American Athletic Conference for Week 12 is Scott Frost on weathering the storm figuratively and literally. Then we'll take a fast break and have Papa Joe on for Papa Joe's picks in just a moment. Yeah, I think by focusing on the task at hand, uh, we've had a lot of distractions and kind of a weird year. Um, we're finishing this off with um, 10 weeks in a row of football games, and we're doing the best to keep our guys fresh and focused um, but this guy, this team has been really resilient. Um, they've been able to address about any challenge thrown at them, and, and we're going to have some more thrown at us this year. So uh, we got to make sure that we stick to the script. There's been a lot of schools that have tried to institute this, you know, hurry up, speed style offense. That Wake Forest has their style, Syracuse has theirs as well. Just what you can say about what makes yours unique and special, and, and what you've taken away from how the team has responded to what you tried to implement last season into this year? Well, you know, we couldn't make all the changes we wanted to overnight, but this team went to work right away when we got here trying to adopt our way of thinking and our way of doing things and, and our schemes on both sides of the ball. And it's been fun to watch the improvement. Um, I think, you know, we, we got to the point where we were decent last year and really took off this year and I think a lot of it has to do with the buy-in of the kids and, and also has to do with our ability to recruit kids right here in Florida that uh, came in and and helped us as young football players and we were able to plug a lot of holes that way so um, I think the formula worked and everything just kind of came together with the right recipe and um, these guys really springboarded and, and have gotten to the point that they're playing at a pretty high level. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Hey, wake-up call listeners. This is Tom Taylor, owner of Sammy Malone's, located at 2 Oswego Street in Baldwinsville, New York, overlooking the beautiful Seneca River. We proudly open our doors to you seven days a week, beginning at 11 a.m. daily, with free parking. Whether it's game day, after-work drinks, or a meal with family and friends, we are honored that you come visit us. Call 315-635-5407 for parties and catering. I'll see you at Sammy Malone's, home of the best sandwich in Beeville. Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalware, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 
315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you can choose your style, get fitted, and tailored all at Giovanni's Formalwear. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your events, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Happy to have you here on the broadcast inside of the morning menu, proudly presented by the Market Diner on 2100 Park Street in Syracuse, New York, in the regional market across from Destiny, USA. It is the home of the Dan Tortora Special. Belgian waffle cut in half, bacon, egg, and cheese inside of it. You want to change your life? That's how you do it. (laughs) It's so very good and very awesome. And I would be remiss to mention, you know, what I have at at the Market Diner and to not say that if you are a Chicken Riggy fan or even if you don't know what the heck they are, the Chicken Riggy pizza is something that every single pizza fan, an Italian fan, should have in their life. That's at Utica Pizza Company in North Syracuse. We have our ice cream at Carvel DeWitt. Right down the road from JD CBA Manly Fieldhouse on 4322 East Genesee Street in DeWitt, New York. We have the wake up call Sunday there with caramel and uh, cookie dough on top of it. So you got to go out there and get yourself that as well and, and make sure that you enjoy yourself. Uh, a great wake-up call Sunday. So there's plenty for you to have, plenty for you to enjoy, and a lot, a lot to be proud of here in the community. I know that I am uh, very proud of the opportunities that I've had with this community to do a lot of different things and to make things interesting for us all. So make sure you go out, try those, as, and of course the wake-up call pub nachos, available at Lee's and Staggerwald downtown on 117 East Fayette Street, in downtown Syracuse any day of the week outside of Sunday because they are closed on Sundays. So make sure you pop in there and give them your business. And uh, Utica Pizza, I didn't mention, 628 South Main Street in North Syracuse right by the airport. So a lot coming up in this week, a lot coming up in today's show. Papa Joe's Picks is up next. We're starting a little bit behind here because the coaches had to get their thoughts in. So Papa Joe is with me on the line right now. It is week 12 of college football, hard to believe, and we are in crunch time, and this season, not only is it fun 
to be in crunch time, but it's even more exciting because of the close matchups that we have, like Central Florida and South Florida, with a rivalry game coming up very, very soon. So it is with great pleasure that I welcome the man back to the broadcast, Papa Joe. <laughs> good morning, Daniel. <laughs> How you doing, Papa Joe? Oh, good. All, uh, all the Gators down here get their ears are ringing, you know, and their ears are being burned. A lot, a lot of talk going on about the next Florida coach. What are you hearing down in Florida about who's who's going to be in Gainesville? Well, if you read the stories and listen to the pundits and go on the internet and everything like that, you'd already think that Chip Kelly's already down here, got an office, is on the road uh, recruiting. That, that's simply not the case. Uh, uh, actually, you'll like this. There are people that are watching. There's a regional airport in Gainesville that where the Florida plane is, is attached to. There's people watching the airport with TV crews looking to see who's going to jump on the Florida plane and go see visit Chip Kelly up in, in uh, Connecticut. Uh, I, I got a kick out of that. Um, of course, Chip Kelly would be the number one person. Uh, I, I don't know if there's any verbiage between any of the, the agents or anything like that, uh, so we'd have to wait to hear from that. They do have a huge advantage because... You know, there's a, an empty position, and Chip Kelly, of course, is uh, not coaching now. So uh, it would behoove the Florida people, if they want to, is to get him signed up early. But that's not the case. Uh, Scott Frost, of course, from Central Florida, and Dan Mullen from Mississippi State are the other two. I haven't heard of any other coach that anyone else is, is talking about. The AD, uh, if I mentioned to you last week, that the AD is from... Mississippi State, and I think he hired Dan Mullen when he came over there. So uh, it would it would be logical for him to think that perhaps maybe he could woo Dan Mullen to uh, to Florida. Dan Mullen makes four and a half million dollars a year at Mississippi State. I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think he'd want to be in this meat grinder over here. You know, it, this, this job comes with high expectations. It's an extremely fertile ground for recruits. Whoever guess the job perhaps uh we'll tap into that get a bunch of five four and three stars to line up and set up the the college for the next 10 years the tough job and scott frost being undefeated this year being a young man probably can relate to the kids a little bit better all sense of mine florida the florida fans will not tolerate another defensive minded coach coming to florida uh, it has to be offense, offense, offense. It has to be a bright guy who can sling the ball around the lot and score some touchdowns. So we're looking and hearing uh, all sorts of things down here, but nothing's really concrete, Daniel. Yeah, you know, and, and it's interesting. I'm just putting a poll up now. Do you want Chip Kelly to be the new Florida Gators head coach? I want to see what fans are thinking right now and, and if they would like to see this happen. I mean, he's obviously offensive-minded. He did some good things when he was at Oregon and and, uh, and obviously didn't continue uh, those in the NFL. But uh, the interesting thing about Chip Kelly is he's in Oregon doing great things with that offense and his offensive coordinator, Scott Frost, and now Scott Frost and Chip Kelly's names have both come up with coaching opportunities like Florida. What if, I didn't know that. That's unbelievable. Uh, Chip Kelly is, is brilliant. He's a brilliant offensive mind. Uh, I, I have heard some things about him that disturbs me a little bit. He doesn't particularly care about going to meetings and going to, to uh, Gator clubs and 
even recruiting. So, you know, he's kind of a close-knit guy. He wants to stay stay with his group. He wants to teach the kids. He wants to coach the kids. He's really not in favor of recruiting. So that disturbs me. Uh, you know, you still have to go out and get these kids. Just because the name Chip Kelly comes up in Florida doesn't mean his phone's going to be ringing off the, off the hook. You know, I want to come to Florida. He's got to go out and get these kids. Yeah, you know, and, and the thing is, but, I mean, when you look at Chip Kelly and you look at what he's done, but you look at the fact that his offensive coordinator was Scott Frost at Oregon, who would you rather have, you know, down in Florida? If it, if the job was up to you, if you're the AD, would you hire Chip Kelly or would you hire Scott Frost? What's your thought on that? That is a tough question. Uh, actually, it, it, it has to do with time. Uh, to consider Scott Frost or even Dan Mullen, you got to wait almost to the end of the year or maybe even the beginning of next year, depending on which bowl these teams are going to play in. I don't think the Florida fans and the Florida administration are going to want to wait that long. Uh, I, my, I would, I would guess that the people would favor Scott Frost. I don't know if they could pull him away from UCF early. I, I think that would be unprofessional. Uh, and the, the game side of me says, well, Chip Kelly's a natural here, you know, just because he couldn't teach the egomaniacs in the NFL doesn't mean he's not a good coach. He's a great coach, uh, offensive-minded. Uh, my heart goes with Scott Frosch, but logically I'm saying Chip Kelly. So to answer your question, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is with Chip Kelly, because he's not working, they can make the deal right now and, and, and be done with it. With Scott Frost, this team is on a trajectory that if they continue to go the next two weeks undefeated in the American, they will play in the American Athletic Conference Championship game. And if they remain undefeated from there, then if they don't, if there is no faltering in the college football playoff and, and they don't creep into that, they're going to get an awesome bowl game no matter what. So they're setting themselves up for a deep December, early January bowl game right now. So there's not going to be any kind. Con- I mean, Scott Frost would literally be one of the last coaches in the country that would have the opening to speak to because this team is not stopping anytime soon. So it almost it almost helps out Central Florida that Scott Frost is doing so well in his second season because he's not going to be available for conversation until January, most likely. Uh, I agree with that definitely. There's another team in, in uh, the SEC. Tennessee, of course, is also looking for uh, a coach, and John Gruden's name has been thrown around here. We have not heard John Gruden's name thrown around in Florida. Uh, John Gruden makes an awful lot of money with ESPN. I don't know if he'd want to get back uh, in, in college at all or even in pros so that, for that fact. So um, you're right. If, if Chip Kelly could be signed uh, early, uh, that would give everyone a huge jump. And uh, for him to get to tap into this recruiting area down here and, and set up his offense probably for the next three or four years. You know, he needs strong quarterbacks. He, he needs option read quarterbacks. Quarterbacks that can think quick on the run and run. So, uh, Scott Frost would be right in there, too. I'm excited that, that Scott Frost is even being mentioned. Uh, he's a bright young man. Uh, I, I don't see very much of, of the ball games because we don't get him on TV down here much, but uh, I think he would be an excellent pick. I, I'd love to see what kind of offense that he would throw at, especially with the kids that are already on the Florida's, Florida's uh, roster. Speaking here with Papa Joe inside of Papa Joe's Picks, I just put the poll up. Do you want Chip Kelly to be the new Florida Gators head coach? This thing is growing by the second. 91% of the people that have voted said yes. 
9% said no. So an overwhelming majority would like Chip Kelly to be their next head coach for Gainesville in for this Florida Gators team. 91% of people, it was 50-50 to start, and now it's an overwhelming 91% that want Chip Kelly to come down to Gainesville. Wow, that is awesome. That is unbelievable. Maybe we, maybe we talk some people into calling this morning by us chatting about it. Yeah. You know, I mean, the conversation, and that's the thing, we get messages throughout on, on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, and, and I appreciate that. Uh, Twitter is at Wake Up Call DT, or pardon me, Twitter is at Call DT, Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, and Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT. So make sure that you let your thoughts in. We just got a few more votes in the last couple of seconds. 92% now, yes. 8% no. So it's the farther this thing goes, we are only... I think this has only been up for about three minutes, three or four minutes, and uh, we're at 92%, and there's a day of voting on this, so I can only imagine what it's going to look like, how many votes we'll get, but an astounding 92% of people say yes. The next question I'm putting up right now, Papa Joe, is if you had to choose between Chip Kelly and Scott Frost, who would you choose? So it'll be interesting to see if if some of this 92% changes when I put Scott Frost into the mix to see what they think. Uh, well, Scott Frost uh, may be in for a little tussle this weekend, uh, from what I heard earlier from your Temple coach. Uh, look at UCF is right for an upset here. Temple looking strong. I know they're only 5-5, five and five, but they're playing at home. Uh, UCF, maybe the kids are starting to read too many headlines on themselves, and you know they don't start out good. Uh, I look for this game to be actually fairly competitive. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I think that this, and that's what I had mentioned earlier on, you know, speaking with Jeff Collins, I think that, you know, Temple's in control of their own destiny. They're 5-5. Five and five, and They have to win one of their next two games. They have Central Florida, and then they have Tulsa to get into. I think they will get a bowl game. And, uh, you know, Temple, you know, they are a team that has played spoiler in the past before. So, you know, Temple, Temple, and, you know, Temple's done something in the last two seasons that doesn't get done a lot, which is they defeated Navy – Twice they defeated Navy in the American Athletic Football Championship game last year in its second year of institution uh, for the championship game, and then they defeated Navy this year again. So to defeat them back to back is a very tall task to do. Uh, Temple is a team that is not going to roll over to anybody. Temple has been known to hang with the best of them under Matt Rule, and they've had some adversity in the first season with Jeff Collins, but they're three and three in the conference behind only Central Florida and South Florida in the East. And they're five and five. Like I said, overall, I think Temple. They're going to be at home in Philadelphia. I think this game is going to be exciting. You know, this could be a 31-24 type of game. I do think that UCF. You know, they they have this opportunity, and I don't think Scott Frost gonna is going to slow down for anybody. But you know, Temple is is not an easy out, and I think Scott Frost would be the first person to tell you that. Oh boy, you're right. You're right. Uh, speaking of Navy, uh, you got Navy. Uh... Who are they playing this week? No, they're playing, uh, uh, who's Navy playing? Notre Dame, aren't they? Yeah, Navy is in a matchup uh, this week. Let me let me pull it up here very quickly. Navy, because I have the uh, Army, Army game as well. Army's been having a, a pretty darn good season. But Navy will be facing off this weekend in the American Athletic Conference matchup here that they have. Navy will be facing Notre Dame at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on NBC this Saturday. And obviously Notre Dame was in the college football playoff. They were bounced out by Miami, and rightly so. And they are ranked eighth in the nation 
this is going to be a good game. You know, Notre Dame is is coming off of an, an embarrassing loss, and Navy has not been playing Navy football, according to head coach Ken Niamatololo, but they just defeated SMU in a shootout 43-40. to So, you know, there's, there's something to say about what Navy just did to end their three-game lose. They started the season 5-0, and went on a three-game losing streak to good teams. They lost to Memphis, who's ranked. They lost to UCF, who's ranked. They lost to Temple, who, like I said, is a tough out at Temple. And they just defeated SMU in a shootout. So Navy is primed to push forward right now. And and now that they know what it feels like to win again, they don't want to go back to losing. And, and Notre Dame, it depends on how they respond to getting spanked by Miami. Well, uh, as we know, Navy, Navy has a run run attack. Run first, throw second. If they can run, chew up the garage, get a bunch of first downs, keep Notre Dame on the bench, I think Navy's got a shot to win this game. I've never liked Notre Dame at all this year. But it, they're Notre Dame, you know, they're they're part of the national scene. So I think Navy's rushing attack is going to come and play here, and I, I look for them to control the game, maybe even win it. Yeah, Navy, and this is going to be a really good game, and I think it's going to be closer than people expect. I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on Navy in this game because of you know Notre Dame getting exposed, and as much as Navy's had their blunders, they are the best triple option in the nation. You know, Georgia Tech hangs with it. I mean, obviously Paul Johnson used to be at Navy before Kenny Amatololo. I think it's going to be a really really good game. But Miami showed, you know, they kind of gave a blueprint to Navy to say, like, this is, you know, look at where this team is at. And I know it comes down to talent and scheming and whatnot, but, you know, you see a team that gets beat 41-8, to eight, and you see kind of where those holes are and those creases are. And, you know, Navy Navy's one of those teams that no matter what their record is, I would never want to play them. I think that this would be a huge statement made by Navy if they can win this game. And, and and obviously they're already bowl eligible at six and three, which is good for them as they move forward. Uh, next game I want to talk about is as actually tonight, Papa Joe, and that is uh, Tulsa facing off against South Florida. I know Tulsa's overlooked because they don't have a phenomenal record, but they've hung with some teams and they've, they've made it a dogfight at times yet. South Florida is good at home against everybody, but Houston. So is this an easy South Florida win? Or do you think that this could be somewhat of a challenge? I don't think it's a challenge. Tulsa being two and eight coming coming to USF. Charlie Strong uh, surprised. I could tell you that Charlie Strong has really not been mentioned down here for a Florida job because he was a defensive coordinator uh, for years here. Uh, but I, I don't see Charlie Strong letting his kids down in this one. This this one will be a route. I'm going to go with Charlie Strong in this one as well. You know, I, I want to say that it'll be interesting. There might be some moments here and there, but in all honesty, you know, I I feel that South, South Florida is going to make it very, very tough on Central Florida. They're going to force them to have to win against Temple. They're going to force them to have to play them strong in the final game of the season. I can't see South Florida laying down for anybody, especially right now. Uh, another big game is SMU inside of the American against Memphis. They're at Memphis. If SM, SMU still has an opportunity to win the West Division, if they beat Memphis and the Memphis, if Memphis continues to lose, including in this game, and SMU wins out and beats Memphis, then they could flip flop. Believe it or not, even though Memphis has been in first place for a while in the West Division, what do you think about this one? Chad Morris used to be the assistant of Dabo Sweeney and Clemson, and Mike Norvell came into Memphis 
two years ago, and here he is. I mean, well, I should say a year ago because last year was his first year, and he was a bowl team last year. He's a bowl team this year. He's 8-1 and one overall. They've defeated UCLA. So what do you think about this one? This is a, this is a good game for Memphis to win. Uh, SMU has beaten some good teams and played some good team stuff this year. I think it's going to be an offensive show. Uh, I remember Memphis putting up a whole bunch of points against UCLA. And uh, I look for Memphis to hold on here. I think that uh, their coach is going to keep the kids forward, looking forward. Uh, you know, this is this is just one game. we got to keep going. we got to keep going. We're bowl eligible. We may have a shot for this and this and this and that. Uh, I, I, like, I like Memphis a lot here. So Memphis going with that. And uh, we, are, we are moving toward getting <laughs> – we're probably going to have 100 votes by the end of the hour. 93% of people – want Chip Kelly, so it hasn't changed too much, but we got a, a ton more votes in. We got about 20-some-odd votes in since we've just been talking. 93% of people say, yes, bring me Chip Kelly to Florida. 7% of you said no, and I just added the poll. If you could choose, would you want former Oregon head coach Chip Kelly or former Oregon offensive coordinator Scott Frost, who's the current UCF head coach, to be the next Florida Gators coach. So I will await voting on that. That was just released on Twitter at CallDT. So make sure you follow me at C-A-L-L-D-T and make sure that you vote now. So click follow and then click on your votes. Like I said, the Chip Kelly thing is much in favor of yes than it is in no. (laughs) At this point, I I mean, the fans have spoken. Maybe Chip Chip Kelly just keeps coming off of it and clicking yes. So that they'll see you. Maybe those guys that are hanging around the airport are right, huh? Yeah, maybe. We'll have to. We'll have to see that. You know, it's not. I've been hanging around an airport, as you know, Papa Joe. Enough. I might as well have just brought my camera out and stayed there for a couple days. That's right. So, next game that I want to uh, discuss here in Papa Joe's picks as we go through college football every week with Papa Joe and myself. Dan Tortora inside of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. You're listening live on MixLR.com backslash Wake Up Call DT. I'm laughing because I got to ask Papa Joe this. We, we've we discussed the fact that if you're if you're considered an upper echelon team in NCAA Division I football, Division I A FBS football, that uh, you get to play the chippies for your second to last game of the season to give you some momentum. So my question to you, Papa Joe, is... Does Delaware State have a chance against Florida State or Citadel against Clemson in these riveting games of Week 12? These are these are what we call cupcakes. Uh, it's I don't know how much FSU is paying Delaware State, but it, it better be an awful lot. Uh, it, you know, I don't know why they do this. Maybe it's because it, it, they're scheduled for homecoming, let the kids go out and have a lot of fun, get drunk, all that kind of stuff. I, I don't. I don't like it. I don't agree with it. But in order to pump up the records, that's what they do. Um, you know, nonsensical. I don't. I don't like it. I don't agree with it at all. Besides, the, the only one it was a there was a it was Troy that was playing LSU earlier this year, and I looked that up. And I said they're paying Troy nine hundred thousand dollars to come down to play at home against LSU, and LSU lost it. That doesn't happen very often. It's not going to happen this weekend either, Dan. No, I can't see that happening. I will let you know that, what did I, I say, what, a minute or two minutes ago that I just released the poll on Chip Kelly or Scott Frost. There's already been 20 votes, and 100% of people have asked for Chip Kelly. Oh, my gosh. Wow. 
Hundred percent. Nobody for Scott Frost. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very surprised, but at the same time, personally, I'm happy because I want him to bolster. I want him to stay in Central Florida and make them a power. I want him to be pissing off the Miamis and the Florida States and the Floridas and the South Florida. I want him going out there and just making it hell in in the state of Florida. So in, in a good way, I should say, making it heaven, not hell. Have some fun with it. And we just had more votes come in. Still nothing for. Scott Frost as of yet. Are you surprised? Are you surprised that nobody voted for Scott Frost between the two? Yes, I am, because his name has been thrown around an awful lot down here. Uh, as I said, he's a bright young man, got a heck of a future in front of him. Uh, but, you know, if he were to stay at Central Florida and Charlie Strong down here and the rest of these guys, there are so many kids that go around in Florida that can play football that, you know, he's thinking, you know, why should I go to Florida? And, you know, maybe make $4 million a year instead of what I'm making here, you know. Why should I do that when I can have the pick of all the kids I got already here? So I'm, I'm happy for Scott Cross. I would like to see Scott Cross here. Offensive-minded, yes. But logically speaking, uh, Chip Kelly's the one. Yeah, you know, Chip Kelly, as we said, he makes the most sense because of the fact that he is available. They can sign him right away. They don't have to wait for a team to allow you to talk to them. They don't have to get to you in season. They don't have to go through NCAA rules, this, that, and the other jargon. They could just do it now, get it over with, and he can start recruiting ASAP. Uh, a couple games I want to get to, Papa Joe, and then I'll, I'll leave it open to you in case we miss one. Uh, Michigan is uh, 24th in the country. They're on the road facing Wisconsin, who's 5th in the country. Wisconsin is 10-0. and You know that I, I don't think that it's a good enough 10-0 and to be relevant I do agree with the top four of the college football playoff right now. I don't agree with the order of it. We'll talk about that in a second. But I agree with the four that are in it for the most part. Uh, Wisconsin, if they beat Michigan, does this do anything for them? Do Should they move up? Can they move up, in your opinion? Or is Wisconsin just bound to have, you know, maybe the Rose Bowl moving forward? And, you know, are, 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 they, a, are they a really good bowl team that's not going to be a college football playoff team? Well, that's a good question. You know, as you know, uh, Aunt Mary's from Milwaukee, and all the brother-in-laws up there are jumping on Wisconsin's bandwagon, and they've been saying all along themselves that Wisconsin hasn't really played anyone uh, tough yet. I don't know if I believe that. Uh, Michigan was overrated all year long. Uh, these, these, Both of these teams are underachievers, in my opinion. Uh, but the underachiever that's going to win is going to be Wisconsin or playing at home, Michigan's lost in a couple of games. Uh, I like Wisconsin, and I want to keep peace in the family. <laughs> <laughs> I I hear you. I hear you on that. I think Michigan could play could play spoiler, could make it interesting. If they do, Wisconsin's going to be out of this one. You know, I just I, – I agree with Alabama. And like I was saying, I agree Alabama, Clemson, Miami, Oklahoma, all being in the college football playoff. I think Clemson, yes, they had the loss to Syracuse, but I feel like the committee – wants to put them in, and they only have one loss, so there's an argument to put them in. As far as Oklahoma goes, I said, you know, I thought Oklahoma deserved to be in here. Uh, Notre Dame switching spots with Miami made sense, and Alabama being in makes sense. Georgia being out obviously makes sense, but I don't like the ordering of it. They said Alabama 1, Clemson 2, Miami 3, Oklahoma 4. I would have Alabama 1, Miami 2, Oklahoma 3 and Clemson 4 because Oklahoma, I want to go back to their loss. Oklahoma lost to Iowa State. 
Uh, Clemson lost to Syracuse. I would venture to say that Iowa State was ranked a lot higher than Syracuse, who has not been ranked at all this season. Iowa State is 15th in the country. Syracuse has never been in the top 25 this year. So I think that automatically should put Oklahoma above. Uh, obviously, I mean, I think it's I think it's clear that Clemson is fourth. But for some reason, they didn't do that. So I think Oklahoma, because of their loss to Iowa State, who is a good team, ranked in the top 25, ranked in the college football playoff rankings in the past here, that they should be third. Clemson should be fourth. And Miami beat Syracuse, and Clemson lost to Syracuse. And somehow the committee said undefeated Miami, who beat Syracuse, is not as good as Clemson, who didn't. So, I mean, uh, it seems to be very clear to me and it doesn't always happen that way, Papa Joe, that you could say, well, this team beat this team, and this team didn't beat this team. So how Clemson is two and Miami is three is beyond me. What are your thoughts? I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, I don't understand how these guys can think sometime. Uh, certainly uh, Miami needs to be number two. But the team that's frightening in this this quartet, and I, I agree with those four too, and I agree with your standing. Uh, I wouldn't want to get anywhere near Oklahoma right now to play football. Those guys are those guys are on a track meet every afternoon, and they can run, throw, pass, catch, do whatever. Uh, they frankly, if Alabama would play Oklahoma right now with all the injuries that Alabama's got right now, Oklahoma would put forty points on them. But that's why they play the game. They'll, they'll play it later on. I'll bet. I like Oklahoma a lot. I like Oklahoma to actually win the whole thing, Daniel. I really do. Alabama's really having some tough times with, with uh, injuries. Uh, if they lose to Auburn, I don't know if they'll fall out of the top four. Uh, but as I mentioned last week, the SEC is going through Auburn. We saw that with, we saw that last week, and we may see it again in the Iron Bowl with Alabama and Auburn. But uh, Auburn's another team that doesn't want to look at uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma's got a huge advantage offensively-wise, and I look for them to really take it all. Now you got to think about the fact that uh, that Alabama has a riveting game against Mercer before they play Auburn. <laughs> That's another cupcake. That's probably a million-dollar game right there for Mercer. Although they don't have to drive very far. I, yeah. think I don't know where Mercer's in. Georgia. Where is Mercer? Georgia? Georgia? Okay. Well, they don't have to drive, drive so far. Yeah, well, I mean, and I think I think the Auburn game will be good. I I agree with you. I don't think I don't think there's anything that Alabama can do to the committee who loves them very much so to uh, to bump them out of the college football playoff. I I think I. But the thing that's really sad that pisses me off is that Alabama's one and Clemson's two. Not because they not because Clemson has earned the right to be two, especially because Miami beat Syracuse and they did not. But because I think, because you think about it, one plays four, two plays three. So you put Alabama and Clemson in a situation where they can face off for the national championship again. So I think the committee's just moving things around in hopes that Alabama and Clemson will play each other again. Nick Saban's a master of this kind of stuff. He's not going to let his kids fall. Uh, as I said, injuries are, are costly to him right now. But he will find a way to win these games, and he's going to stay number one. As to who he plays at number four, that's what we don't know. You know, you mentioned a lot about Syracuse. Syracuse, Syracuse is in the comp- is is in this calling a lot because he's played a lot of these teams, and certainly beating Clemson up in Syracuse was monumental for them. I know they've slipped a little bit, uh, but they they got Louisville coming in. What's up with that? Yeah, you know the the Louisville game that they're going to uh, that they're going to have. I mean, this is something that's that's 
going to be a tough game. It's on the road. It's in Louisville. Syracuse has not won on on the road this season. They have played effectively, but not effective enough. They've done some good things, but they haven't finished, and that's been their issue all season on the road. I want to go to uh, to this game for a second, or go to Syracuse for a second. They played LSU up until the end of the game, until about three minutes left. They didn't get started in the first half. They played a good second half, so they lost. They didn't get started in the first half against NC State, and they tried to come back in the second half and ran out of time. They didn't do enough against Miami at the end of the game, and Eric Dungy decided to run the ball 727 times on the last couple drives, and his jersey was gray. The rest of the team wore white, and he ended up being knocked out of the last, you know, couple games. So, you know, it's it's one of those things. I mean, he – well, I shouldn't say knocks out of the couple of games. He, he played against Florida State, but he was taped up, beaten, and bruised and did not play against Wake Forest. And then against Florida State – you know, you want to blame the kicker, but it wasn't the kicker's fault. Syracuse didn't take care of a business, and they made Florida State, like I said, they made Florida State look like they are the team that they typically are, even though they aren't right now. So Syracuse has not won a game on the road. Every single one of them they played till the bitter end, but they didn't finish. So at Louisville, you're playing Lamar Jackson. You just allowed John Walford of Wake Forest in a hurry-up offense to run all over you. He had 363 passing yards, three touchdowns through the air, 136 yards on the ground, 7.2 yards of carry, three rushing touchdowns. You just gave John Walford six total touchdowns, which means you'd give Lamar Jackson 10 or at least eight. So what do I think about Syracuse on the road? I think I think they're going to get beaten up pretty bad on this one. They might have a chance here and there, but I think Syracuse could could easily win this or could easily lose this game uh, in in an ugly fashion. I, I don't know how you give John Walford that many yards and 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 those many opportunities and then think that the reigning Heisman Trophy winner isn't going to kill you for it as well. Well, you know, Louisville, you're right about Lamar Jackson. Of course, he's going to he's going to run and pass all over the place. But Dungy has been so impressive this year, and he, I know he hasn't finished, but look, at if he starts throwing it around the ballpark, uh, if, if he starts out hot and starts getting a quick, easy touchdowns, uh, Louisville can be beat. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be this weekend, but I love the kid Dungy. I told you, he reminds me of a, a lot of Baker Mansfield. Uh, he just sits back there and flings it everywhere. I love it. Uh, I, I wish him luck this weekend. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I wish him luck, too. Uh, they're still not clear. They're probably not going to announce it until a few minutes before game time, just like they did in this last game. They didn't announce it until 14 minutes before if Dungy is going to be playing or not. So, yeah. you know, we will await that. Zach Mahoney, he did a hell of a job in the first half to hang with Wake Forest. But normally when you score 43 points, you do not lose by 21. So there was a 38-point swing, and that's something that has gotten me questioning Syracuse moving forward. Louisville has a terrible defense, but they can score 40-plus points. And if you're allowing what you're allowing to Wake Forest, well, then there's a there's a danger zone with Louisville. Syracuse has to win the last two to become bowl eligible. And in all honesty and in fairness, it looks bleak for them right now. And, uh, I mean, I have one more game I want to discuss. Uh, Papa Joe, if you have another one after that that we don't, we don't catch then then just uh, let me know but the game I want to discuss is Virginia at Miami it's at noon this Saturday November 18th it's on ABC it's at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Florida 
and uh, Miami is undefeated. They are 9-0. They have a chance to become 10-0. They know that they're playing in the ACC championship game. They know that if they win out for the most, you know, that it's likely that they'll be playing in the college football playoff. However, Virginia and Bronco Mendenhall, in his second season with the team, they are no joke. The team is 6-4, and four, and they have won. I mean, they, they've done some good things this season. They haven't beaten, you know, they haven't really played anybody crazy tough. Miami's going to be their biggest test of the season for sure. But Virginia, they could definitely be a spoiler. But Miami obviously has, has, has grinded out a bunch of wins, even in cases where it was bleak for them when teams like Georgia Tech and Syracuse were trying to come back. What do you think about this one? Uh, you know, I've been a Bracken Mendelhall fan for, for years. Wherever he's gone, he's turned them into winners. Uh, this is the second season. Uh, Miami's, Miami's, I don't say they're ripe for an upset. I think they'll, they'll persevere mainly because they got a better defense than probably the, the teams that uh, Virginia's played. Uh, Coach Mark Rich is not going to let the kids stumble. Uh, even if they get <coughs> get behind a little bit, I think he'll bring them in the locker room at halftime and ream them out and say, listen, this is what's in front of us. Everyone except Alabama. This is who we are. I don't look for them to, to stumble a bit, uh, give Virginia credit for what they've done, and Coach Bronco, but I like Miami a lot. I'm going to go with Miami in this game, too. Uh, I think, I think you know, they're having fun. And, and Coach told me, Mark Rick told me, you know, in our conversation that you'll hear on tomorrow's broadcast and Sound Bites of the Week, he told me, he said, you know, when I left Georgia, I thought, am I going to retire or am I going to keep coaching? And if I keep coaching, I want to have more fun. And, you know, the turnover chain that you get to wear around your neck and, you know, that's part of it. It's part of celebrating. He's like, you know, I remember you win, you lose, you think about it for a minute and then you just walk in, you know, you, you walk out of the stadium and you're done with it and you go on with your life. He said, I want these kids to celebrate. I want them to celebrate in the season. He said, it's not disrespectful. We're not hurting anybody. We're not taunting anybody. I just want the kids to have fun. And I, you know, I think that his, his motto and his, his motif, you know, that's what this world is about. People are going to say what they want to say about you. You could win every game and somebody hates your guts. Look at how many people allegedly hate Bill Belichick when the man is one of the greatest coaches to ever walk the face of the earth of any sport, anywhere, anytime, but people don't like him. And at the end of the day, he's won, he's done more in the last decade plus than any coach could dream of doing. So, you know, Mark Rick said, listen, if I'm coming back, win, lose, or draw, I want my kids to have a good time. And why shouldn't they? And you know what, Papa Joe, I respect the heck out of him for wanting to come back and wanting to enjoy coaching before he retires instead of looking back on it and saying, oh, that was a good time, that he actually lives in the moment. That's got to be – you're right. You're exactly right. Got to be Coach Belichick's hoodie, though. You know, if Reich were to wear a hoodie, maybe it would uh, it would help him a little bit. <laughs> uh, there's, there's, one, there's actually one quick game here we can talk about real quick, and it's uh, SMU – no, not SMU. Which one am I talking about? Uh, UCLA at USC. This one, this one has all sorts of upset all over it too. I know UCLA has had a lot of struggles this year. USC is supposed to win them all. We we thought at the beginning of the year they stumbled a couple times. UCLA is five and five. I think I think we're looking at possible upset here. So you you think that UCLA? But I know that you're a big fan of Josh Rosen. This is Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold. I mean, these are. This has got NFL prospect written all over it in this game. They'll be all. They'll be the the coaches. 
The recruiters, everyone's going to be right in front of the TV looking at these two kids. They both got rifles for arms. I like Josh Rogan. I really do. And how about the fact, I mean, USC, they're done after this week. I mean, they're done in the regular season. This is this is their last game of the regular season. So they took care of business early. Uh, USC's only lost one game. That was to Notre Dame, who is still ranked in the top eight. They lost to them when they were ranked 13th in the country. Oh, and pardon me, and they also lost to Washington State, who is a team that Papa Joe and I had brought up in the past as a, as a sleeper team. So, I mean, USC's had a good year, but, you know, I, I, I don't count UCLA out in this game either. I'm going to lean USC in this, but if UCLA ends up with the upset, I wouldn't be surprised by any stretch of the imagination because of the fact that, you know, Josh Rosen doesn't give up. It would be nice to see that defense, you know, do some do some good things. They've, they've given up 40-plus a lot this season. They gave up 58 to... Stanford and in five of the games that they or in four of the games that they lost four out of five of the games they lost they allowed oh no pardon me in every single game they lost they allowed 44 points or more even in a game they won they allowed 44 so I think you know the defense is is the Achilles heel to UCLA but Josh Rosen is a heck of a quarterback yeah we can well, we can also you know root for Mercer over Alabama this weekend if you'd like yeah, we we could we could say that now. Now, Papa Joe, I want to tell you something. I said to you that I hope that we get to a hundred votes by before you know within the hour before the show is over, and we have gotten to over a hundred votes in both polls in a half an hour. So, do you want Chip Kelly to be the the new Florida Gators head coach? Ninety four percent of the hundred and two people that have voted so far said yes. Sixty four percent said no. In the poll I put out 10 minutes after the first poll, that's overtaken the first poll with 104 votes in about 20, 25 minutes of time. If you could choose, would you want former Oregon head coach Chip Kelly or former Oregon offensive coordinator, current UCF head coach Scott Frost to be the next Florida Gators head coach? 85% of the 104 people that have voted said, please, Chip Kelly, and 15% of you said Scott Frost. We are over 100 votes for both within a half an hour, and these things will be able to be voted on on Twitter at CallDT, C-A-L-L-D-T on Twitter, until tomorrow morning around 10 a.m., 10.30 a.m. Eastern time. So I can only imagine how many we're going to get, but Papa Joe, we set records with these polls. I think it's the fastest I've ever had somebody answer anything. So congrats to uh, to you, and, and, and congrats to the show for getting over 100 on these Florida questions early on. Oh, it's a lot of fun, Daniel. Always a lot of fun. Go Gators is all I can say. All right, I'll talk with you soon, Papa Joe. Okay, bye-bye. Take care. That coming from Papa Joe inside of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. We've gone a little bit over on today's show, but that's okay. Because who's the president and CEO of Wake Up Call? I don't know. It could be some guy named me. So we are going to take a step aside for a fast break. We will come back with fantasy football advice for Thursday night football's matchup between the Titans and the Steelers in Pittsburgh, and we will do Through the Looking Glass a deeper look at a trending topic in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Hey, Wake Up Call listeners, this is Tom Taylor, owner of Sammy Malone's, located at 2 Oswego Street in Baldwinsville, New York, overlooking the beautiful Seneca River. We proudly open our doors to you seven days a week, beginning at 11 a.m. daily, with free parking. Whether it's game day, after-work drinks, 
or a meal with family and friends, we are honored that you come visit us. Call 315-635-5407 for parties and catering. I'll see you at Sammy Malone's, home of the best sandwich in Beeville. Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalware, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you can choose your style, get fitted, and tailored, all at Giovanni's Formalware. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop Unica Pizza Company spells family, your family, my family, their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu, but we'd be here forever. So let me say this, Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens... They're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCall. DT, happy to have you here on the broadcast as always every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Truly appreciate you being a part of the show. Just got a question speaking about fantasy football here in the morning menu inside a wake up call with Dan Tortora, bringing you the list of topics on the day, Monday through Friday, here from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. And if we go a little bit over, like we did today, the Market Diner brings you the morning menu. And they are located on 2100 Park Street in Syracuse, New York, in the regional market across from Destiny, USA. They are right by the home of the first ever CNY Pop Festival, which will happen Sunday, August 12th, 2018, from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. And it will be at the F Shed at the regional markets within walking distance of the Market Diner and within walking distance of the train and bus station as well. So God bless to that. Just got a question, and so I'm about to give you advice on the Titans at the Steelers and just got a fantasy question. Team quarterback, who to play for Week 11? Do you play Tennessee quarterback, Dallas quarterback, or Jacksonville quarterback? So to answer that question, let me take a look in here. Do you play Tennessee or Jacksonville or, let's see, or or Dallas. Let me go into this game here. So I want to go into the Dallas Cowboys, take a quick look at this. The Cowboys are playing the Eagles. They're playing them in Arlington, Texas. They're playing them in Dallas, which is, or in, uh, in Texas, which is nice. 
you know, Dallas, I said last week, and, I, and I've repeated it over and over, that they were going to make Atlanta look better than they actually have been playing. And they did exactly that. I told you to play Tevin Coleman, Devontae Freeman, Julio Jones, Austin Hooper, Matty Ryan. Matt Ryan got you two touchdowns. Hooper got you a touchdown. Uh, Julio Jones got you 57 yards. Tevin Coleman got you a touchdown, 83 yards. The quiet guy was Devontae Freeman. Tevin Coleman, if you've been watching fantasy football, if you've been paying attention the last three weeks and you've been listening to the show every Friday with Mike Sofka and myself here on Wake Up Call at 10 a.m. Eastern time, we always talk fantasy football on Friday's broadcast. You'll hear it tomorrow on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. We have gone, uh, I, the, my discussion on Tevin Coleman, if you've listened to the statistics the last three weeks, he's been a damn good player. And 20 carries for 83 yards and a touchdown. Devontae Freeman had two carries for three yards in the game. So big shout out to Tevin Coleman in, in that matchup for sure. And uh, he's obviously been working toward it. And it's good to see him get it. Devontae Freeman is doubtful for this game, too, because of the concussion. So just know that Tevin Coleman is very important right now in fantasy and reality for Atlanta. And I give my prayers and my best to Devontae Freeman to make sure that he's going to be okay moving forward. So big ups to him as the team moves forward. The question is, do you play Tennessee quarterback who's playing Pittsburgh, or do you play Dallas quarterback who's playing Philadelphia, or do you play the Jaguars quarterback who is playing the Cleveland Browns? Well, I would say I would say Jacksonville. I would say Blake Bortles in this one. I would. Because of the fact that they're playing Cleveland. You know, Cleveland, uh, they're playing them on Sunday, November 19th at 1 p.m. Eastern time at CBS. And I I, I mean, I think, you know, Cleveland's 0-9. They're the last team that's totally defeated this season. I think Dallas is going to have trouble with Philadelphia, especially without their guy, without Ezekiel Elliott. And I also think that uh, there's going to be, you know, a tough road for Tennessee. In Jacksonville, I mean, Jacksonville, this is, this is, a, this is a, a game that, you know, gives them the uh, AFC South right for the taking. They have the same record as Tennessee at six and three, but Tennessee holds the advantage because of their head-to-head win over Jacksonville. They will face each other in Week 17, and if Jacksonville wins that, then they could overtake the head-to-head as they move forward from here. But as of right now, Tennessee has to lose and Jacksonville has to win because they have the same record and Tennessee has that tiebreaker. So. I think that this, you know, this Thursday night game between Tennessee and Pittsburgh, I I would not play Marcus Mariota in this game because of the fact that they're playing at Pittsburgh. Now, mind you, Jacksonville did a phenomenal job at Pittsburgh and they won the game. So, I just, you know, when I when I look at this matchup, uh, going all in on Jax this week with Blake, Leonard Fournette, and the defense. That's the message we just got back from uh, from Ecto Cores, who asked us uh, who he who we would play among the three team quarterbacks that he has. So good to uh, good to hear him leaning on Jacksonville. I think it's a good a good week to do so. Jacksonville's played well against teams they weren't supposed to, and obviously. You know, going up against Cleveland, the expectation is that they win, but they have to take care of business. You can't overlook any team. If you do, then problems inevitably arise. So, you know, but of the three, like I said, I think Dak's going to have some trouble. Marcus Mariota against Pittsburgh. This is a game that Tennessee could absolutely lose 
in in you know in in a in a close hard fought matchup whether the score is up or down i think if the if the game is close then pittsburgh is is going to take it i think that if it's running up the score and you know tennessee somehow gets in the 30s and that's a danger zone for pittsburgh but i think that this will be a, a a tighter game you know it could be a 13 to 10 game a 17 13 17 10 so i i got pittsburgh winning this game and that would direct you away from Marcus Mariota. I think the best play among those three is definitely to give a shot to the, you know, to give a shot to Blake Bortles, the Jacksonville quarterback. So I would definitely go with Blake this week. And I appreciate the question. Thank you. And uh, thank you to Acto Course for the question. But I would definitely go with with Blake of those three. To give you advice on this, uh, Tennessee really doesn't have uh, any injuries for you to be concerned about this week. As far as Pittsburgh goes, I want to get into the Steelers. Uh, Vance McDonald's the only one he's questionable with an ankle injury. He's most likely not on your fantasy team. Uh, in this game, Ben Roethlisberger, I would, you know, I would consider him. If you play two quarterbacks, he's a good quarterback too. I don't think he's a QB one this week. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell is a good choice. Juju Smith-Schuster, who's been amazing. He's been getting more yards and more plays or he's been catching more balls. He's targeted just as much as Antonio Brown. Most recently, seven targets to seven targets, but he's caught more of them, He and he got 50 more yards than Antonio. So look out for that. Juju Smith-Schuster, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell should be your plays for Pittsburgh at home Thursday night for tonight's game. And then as far as Tennessee, if you want to give an opportunity to DeMarco Murray or Derrick Henry in a flex position, and Delaney Walker you can put out there as your tight end uh, that's what I feel good about, but I think this is going to be a closer game and not a uh, not a fantasy high-scoring game. So uh, I think that Tennessee could very well lose this. And like I said, this is a perfect week that if Tennessee loses because they're playing Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, Jacksonville won that game, but Tennessee's a different team. And I know Tennessee beat Jacksonville, so you look at if A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. However, Pittsburgh's been a darn good team. They're the number one team in the AFC right now. And, and I, I see this game as a game where this is a week for Jacksonville. It's ripe for the taking that they leapfrog Tennessee. They got to do it soon because they are into week 11. So the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think, uh, beating Cleveland on the road and then Tennessee very well could be losing to Pittsburgh in this matchup. That could give not only Jacksonville one more win than Tennessee, but put them above Tennessee because right now they're tied for first place and Tennessee has that tiebreaker. So I think it'll be an interesting game, but you got my plays for fantasy in that one. And, uh, and I, and I lean more on Pittsburgh in this game moving forward. Coming up right now is through the looking glass to round out today's show. It is typically at 1050 AM, but like I said, we went a little bit later on today's show for you to give you some more information and to have some fun with you. So it is my pleasure to bring you through the Looking Glass, proudly brought to you by Looking Glass Events. Looking Glass Events is the event planning company that you need to call. It doesn't matter what your event has to do with. Just call up Looking Glass Events. Could be any event. There is no event too big or too small for Looking Glass Events to help you with. So make sure you give them a call at 315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. They are a very exciting company to be around. Their owner is is a sweetheart. She's a very good person, hardworking person. And I want to thank Kira Wasserback for all that she does and for how hard that she works to to help you out with your events. You know, it's it's one thing to have somebody 
plan your event and they want to take over your event and they want to make it about them and this, that, and the other. In this situation, it's not about that. It is, it is something that is, you know, when it comes to Kira Wasserbeck and it comes to Looking Glass events, it's not about her, it's about you. And that's uh, one of the first things she said to me in our meeting when I was talking with her about partnering together. She said, I said, what separates you? What makes you different? There's, there's so many people you can call to plan an event. Why are you different? And she said, because I believe the event should be about you. She said, it's about your dream and me about taking your dream and making it a reality. Not about taking over your dream or changing your dream. It's about making your dream a reality to the best of my ability. You know, she's not going to have a unicorn up here, but you can't ask anybody for that. Maybe God, you can't ask anybody else besides God for that. But within means, you know, with within, you know, the means of, of what we can do in reality, she goes the extra mile to make sure that, you know, people are treated with respect and treated right and and that your dreams can become a reality. And I appreciate the heck out of Kira Wasserbeck for that. So I'm going to let you hear from her in a very, very quick, fast break. And then we are going to go through the looking glass, taking a deeper look at a trending topic this morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Tatora in just a moment. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. Hi, this is Kira from Looking Glass Events, where we're always giving you a reason to celebrate. Whether you have a small business, large business, personal event, or a wedding, we are available to plan and coordinate your dream event to life. Every detail, every step, Looking Glass Events is working with you all the way. Call us at 315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events giving you a reason to celebrate. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. It is now time to go through the looking glass, proudly brought to you by Looking Glass Events. Taking a deeper look at a trending topic is what we do with Through the Looking Glass every single Thursday show to round out the show. It's the last thing you'll hear on every Thursday broadcast, and I am proud to be partnered with Looking Glass Events. Call them up for your event today. Could be anything. Could be a birthday party, a bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah, an anniversary, uh, whatever you have coming up. If you have a convention coming up, you have a, a retreat, you have a day away for everybody, whatever it may be, feel free to call 315-702-4653. If you have a bride that wants to be treated well and wants to be treated nicely and, you know, pampered and whatnot, then you can definitely call up 315-702-4653, Fairhaven, New York, and, and bring bring your bride and company to the Looking Glass Events brick-and-mortar location where you will be treated like a princess, which, you know, I know from going through my wedding with my wife, every woman should know what it feels like to be treated like a princess. And now that I have my daughter, my little puppy, Lily, so she is the princess now, and my wife has risen up the ranks to the queen. So I have my queen and I have my princess and I feel very blessed to have both. So make sure you take care of your princess or queen or whatever you call that special woman in your life by calling 315-702-4653. And for any other event, sporting events, sporting conventions, whatever it may be, that's the thing is, is Kira Wasserbeck does so many different things, so many different events. So, you know, it's it's a wedding and it's pampering the bride and company as much as it is taking care 
of, you know, a huge NASCAR event that your company wants to put on. So whatever it may be, whatever you got going on, you want to do a big NFL party in the backyard, you want to invite 200 people and you want to have a frozen tundra party and put a screen outside, she's your gal as well. 315-702-4653. Any idea is welcome. And I thank you for giving her a call at 315-702-4653. Deeper look at a trending topic for this week through the Looking Glass, brought to you by Looking Glass Events. The the trending topic I'm going to take a deeper look at is hashtag National Fast Food Day. Because I don't know why this is a holiday. Or not a holiday, but I don't understand why it is a day. It makes absolutely no sense to me why this is this is a day. Okay. In America, I feel like National Fast Food Day is every day. I don't think I've ever passed by a McDonald's or a Burger King where I haven't seen people. And down in the South, Chick-fil-A, you know, between 11 and 1, not a great time to go. I went past 2 o'clock and the line was wrapped around the building. And when I left, I think it was even worse. So it's absolutely crazy to me that National Fast Food Day is a day. It's crazy. Because, you know, like I said, I feel like that's every day in America is is fast food day. So, you know, I feel like less and less people are cooking. You got to go out there and, and you got to make it happen. But uh, National Fast Food Day, I've seen some very uh, interesting pictures. One person's hiding behind a sea of chicken McNuggets from McDonald's. There's probably be about probably at about 200 in front of them. What does this say? Uh, National Fast Food Day. Remember the amount of pay a fast food worker makes. They don't make enough to support themselves, and the American taxpayer subsidizes the rest. We need fair wages. So, okay, so somebody brought another side to it. And then we have uh, President Trump eating fast food from Kentucky Fried Chicken. There's a picture of that. There is a scary picture of a Ronald McDonald lookalike. That is terrifying. There's National Fast Food Day with a fry eating contest. It looks like so a lot of different, uh, a lot of different things going on here with National Fast Food Day. There's a picture of Rosie O'Donnell. That's interesting. I don't think that that was respect. No, neither one of these was respectful. So my apologies to Rosie O'Donnell for the people that are just disgusting and rude and disrespectful. But yeah, national. Today's National Fast Food Day. I can't believe it. It's it's absolutely crazy to me. This is why it's a deeper look at a trending topic. National Fast Food Day, like that should not be a day. It's not healthy, right? I don't like like my thing is if I go to McDonald's once, and this is no disrespect to any company. I'm just telling you my life story. If I go to McDonald's once a year, that's normal for me. Burger King for me is like two to five times a year. It's atypical. Chick-fil-A, I will go as much as humanly possible because I absolutely love Chick-fil-A. But I think Chick-fil-A is different too. You know, I don't think it's I don't think it's as bad. I I think it's a better way that the chicken is is made or processed or whatever. But I'm not somebody who tends to lean toward fast food and say, yeah, let me go get fast food. I want fast food. I like to sit down. I like to enjoy my meal. I do not like rushing eating. It's terrible. This is the thing. My whole life, my family said I was a slow eater. My friends said I was a slow eater. People I dated said I was a slow eater and people made comments. So I've sped up my eating process and I feel like that's how I gained weight. So now 
in the here and now, I'm trying to slow down my eating process because I really don't care what people think. And if you want to laugh at me and yell at me for eating too slow, at least I won't gain as much weight as you. That's how I look at it. You know, that's how I see it because I don't, I'm not trying to gain weight when people are like, come on, come on, come on. We got to go. We got to go. I mean, that's the life of the media is to eat really quick and run, eat and run, eat and run. You know, it's a perfect fast food life. I don't like that. I like to sit down, have a nice salad, maybe get a half a sandwich, talk with my wife, hang out with mama, see what dad's up to. You know, do some good stuff like that. So it's National Fast Food Day, which uh, all I can say to you is please, please don't eat a ton of fast food, okay? Don't don't put yourself in an unhealthy situation. Just just be smart, okay? And, you know, I, I'm one of those proponents that I cover sports. I don't play sports, but I should look like I play sports. That's how I live. I should look like, you should see me and go, oh yeah, he probably plays basketball. He probably works out. I don't want to be the guy where it's like, oh my God, he covers sports because he could never play it. He's 400 pounds. You know, that's not the life that I want to live. I want to live a life that's, you know, that that is healthy. So, you know, fast food is good in my, is, it's okay in moderation. It depends on where you're at in your life. It's okay in moderation. Just be smart with your fast food. And like I said, I love me some Chick-fil-A. ExoCore said, if you ate too fast, you may not have bumped into Bob yesterday. Who's Bob? What's he talking about? Oh! Oh, not yesterday. Tuesday. I got it. Yes. If I ate too fast, I might not have bumped into Bob Costas on Tuesday on my flight back. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out to ExoCore's. On that one. Much love. I like that. That was good. I was like, who's Bob? And then I was like, oh, yeah, Bob Costas. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. Very true. Very, very true. So everything that I did was uh, was timed perfectly, which was a, a God incidence, in my opinion, that I bumped into Bob Costas and got to spend a good amount of time with him. It wasn't just a, hey, how you doing? It was, we had a full conversation. It was wonderful. I said I felt like I did a little mini show with Bob Costas. So great time. Deeper look at a trending topic. Today's National Fast Food Day. Please be smart with the fast food that you eat. Please do not eat it excessively. And please understand to some Americans, fast food day is every day. (laughs) So that's not a good thing. Okay. Slow your roll. Enjoy your food. Everybody likes McDonald's, Burger King here and there. Got to get a, got to get a, you know, fish au filet at McDonald's here and there. Got to get those tenders at, you know, the old chicken tenders at Burger King were the best. They they had them. They got rid of them. They brought them back. Then they got rid of them again. I don't like it. It's stupid. It's wrong. Bring back my chicken tenders with the ridges and the pepper. I love them. And Chick-fil-A, well, you just, you just do it better than anybody. So love you, Chick-fil-A. On National Fast Food Day, I ask you to chew your food, take your time, and enjoy life. And if you're going to eat, don't eat alone. Make sure you bring a friend or a family member because it's always good to have company. God bless and have a great day today and have fun. I will see you guys out at game show night tonight. If you haven't been out to one, get yourself out to one. Let's do it right now. Come out and hang out with me tonight at Muddy Waters, 2 Oswego Street in the village of Baldwinsville. Play some game show night. Nobody's doing it. 
Game Show Night is my own creation. It is something that I came up with. Not that there's not Game Show Nights around the country, that it's called that. But the way that I do it, the style that I do it, all of this is new to Central and Upstate New York. It's unheard of. It's not trivia. It's Family Feud meets Pictionary. It's different. It's exciting. It's fun. It's your new night out. And it is at Muddy Waters every Thursday at 7 p.m. Can't wait to see you tonight. Want to thank everybody that came out to the Wildcat last night for our live show with the Wildcat Boys Varsity Basketball Team. I want to thank Drew Kiefer again. I want to thank Liam Barry as well as Luke Sutherland, Will Amica, and head coach Fred Kent. I want to thank Danny and Heather Tome once again, Nikki at the bar, and the entire staff at the Wildcat Sports Pub. Go out and see one of the best places that I'm working with on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, every day of the week. They're right in the Home Depot Plaza off of Hinsdale Road if you're coming off the highway. If you're coming from West Jenny, you just go up the hill, down the hill, and right over those train tracks where Home Depot is, you'll take a right and go right into the Wildcat. So make sure that you go over there and show them some love. They are the fantasy football hub for all four of my fantasy football leagues in Syracuse. We hold our drafts there, our celebration parties there, and so much more. And we are there once a month, like I said earlier in the show, doing a live broadcast. So a big shout out to everybody over at the Wildcat and a big thanks to them. And I cannot wait to hang out with Tom Taylor and the crew at... Muddy Waters tonight. Sam does a great job at the bar. Appreciate everybody. Thank you so much for what you do. And we will see you tonight at 7 p.m. for Pictionary meets Family Feud in Game Show Night. I'm ecstatic about being able to be there. I love every Thursday at 7 p.m. at Muddy Waters. And we are not going to have one for Thanksgiving because it's Thanksgiving. So make sure you come this week because if not, you're going to have to wait two weeks until the next one. So make sure you come out tonight, have some fun with us. We run through it quick. It's only a little bit over an hour's time, so we won't keep you all night and we will have a lot of fun with with you while we got you. So come out and see us tonight at Muddy Waters at 7 p.m. in Baldwinsville for game show night. You can call and reserve a table by calling 315-635-8500. That is 315 315- 635-8500. God bless, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Follow me on Twitter at CallDT, Facebook at WakeUpCallDT, on Instagram at WakeUpCall underscore DT. There's been 123 votes on the Chip Kelly poll. Do you want Chip Kelly to be the new Florida Gators head coach? He is still leading 94% yes, 6% no through 123 votes. With 146, oh, pardon me, it just changed, with 150 votes, if you could choose, would you want former head co- Oregon head coach Chip Kelly or former Oregon offensive coordinator Scott Frost, who's the current UCF head coach, to be the next Florida Gators coach? 83% of you said you want Chip Kelly. 17% of you said you'd like Scott Frost to leave Central Florida and go from Orlando to Gainesville and coach the Florida Gators. I look forward to you continuing to vote and sharing that with you on tomorrow's broadcast. We'll be live at 9 a.m. with the Annoying Moment of the Week, proudly brought to you by Carvel DeWitt. Then Sound Bites of the Week at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time, hearing from the ACC coaches, including Dino Babers and Rick and Bobby Petrino. I almost said Rick Petrino. Bobby Petrino and Dino Babers in their matchup of Syracuse at Louisville. You'll hear from them. And, of course, you will hear from other coaches around the ACC. Then we will get into fantasy football advice for Fantasy Football Week 11. Fantasy Football Friday with Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com and myself, Dan Tortora of WakeUpCallDT.com. All on tomorrow's broadcast and tonight's Muddy Waters at 7 p.m. Can't wait to see you. God bless. Know that somebody loves you out there. 
and I hope you have a phenomenal day. Be good.